Mr. Chair, the room is ready. Very good, thanks. Good evening and welcome to the Wednesday, April 28th, 2021 meeting of the Lawrence Douglas County Metropolitan Planning Commission. Uh, I'm David Carter, the Commission Chair, and before we continue, I'm going to turn this over to, uh, uh, forgive me, is it Kyle or Becky who will give an overview of the conduct of the meeting? I'll do that. I'll do that. Very good, thank you. Good evening, Commissioners. My name is Becky Pepper, Planning Manager. Joining me in the City Commission Room is Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director, and Kyle Kobe, who will be helping facilitate the Zoom video portion of the meeting. We will work alongside the Chair, who is on remote video, to facilitate the meeting proceedings. Currently, we have everyone muted so we can all talk through the general ground rules for tonight's meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the City's YouTube channel. During the meeting, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon found in the lower left-hand corner of the Zoom meet menu. Next to, we good? Okay. When you're muted, a red line will appear over the icon. This will make it easier for everyone to hear the meeting. Just remember to unmute if, you, if and when you want to speak. You can also turn your video camera on or off by clicking the video icon in the menu. For the purposes of this public meeting, please keep your video on for the duration. If you're participating by phone, you can enter star six to mute and unmute your phone. When you're somewhere on your Zoom screen, you will see a choice to toggle between speaker and gallery view. Speaker view shows the active speaker, while gallery view tiles all of the meeting participants. Commissioners, you must state your name and title each time you speak. Members of city staff must also state their name and title each time they speak. And I would also ask the, that the applicants and members of the public identify themselves each time before they speak to ensure that everyone is able to follow along. When public comment is sought on an item, individuals participating via Zoom should use the RAIDS hand feature. Windows and Mac users can access this feature through the participants button on the bottom of their screen. Android and iPhone users can access this feature through the more button located at the bottom right hand corner of their screen. And for those calling in by phone, you may dial star nine. Individuals be, will be called upon by name in the order they appear on the meeting host screen. And when you're called upon, please unmute your listening device and state your name before speaking. The chair will then call for in-person public comment for those who are physically present. Staff will direct you to the podium to speak while following social distancing and safety protocols. The regular three-minute time limit will apply. All motions will need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, staff will call each commissioner individually to provide their vote. Staff will then need to announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. I want to again remind everyone to please mute yourself when you're not speaking and now I'll turn the meeting back over to the chair. Thank you, Be uh, Becky, David Carter Chair. Um, let's begin with a recognition of the uh, minutes from our March 22nd and March 24th meetings. Those minutes are in our packets and assuming uh, everyone's had a chance to review those, I would accept a motion to approve unless there are any amendments or changes. Uh, Commissioner Struckoff, uh, a motion to approve. Do I have a second? Uh, Commissioner Ashworth. Um, and um, Jeff, could I ask you to read the role, please? Certainly. Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Sands? Yes. Commissioner Tank? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. 
Commissioner Strukov? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes 10 to zero. Great, thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Um, now, um, do, do any commissioners have any uh, reports of committees that have met in the past month? Commissioner uh, Strukov? Uh, Commissioner Eric Strukov, uh, the Metropolitan Planning uh, Organization Policy Board met um, in April, and uh, we um, approved some amendments to the Transportation Improvement Planning, uh, Transportation Improvement Program. Uh, we see some updated performance measures on our system performance that is um, things like traffic flow, incorporation of sensitive lands into certain developments, and uh, had a few quick updates on our intelligent transportation systems uh, from our MPO staff. Very good. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff. Uh, any other reports? Very good. Um, Jeff, can I ask if there are any uh, written communications from the public that are not already in our packet? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Items are part of your packet this evening. Thank you. Um, any written communications from staff, planning commissioners, or, or any other commissioners? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. No additional items that are not listed on your agenda. Thank you, David Carter Chair. Uh, how about, uh, I understand there is one document, the Transportation 2040 Amendment 1, that we're supposed to recognize? Uh, Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director. Correct. We wanted to share this with the Planning Commission because Transportation 2040 is ingrained and part of Plan 2040. And as part of what Commissioner Struckoff has kind of uh, mentioned earlier, is there was an amendment that was passed and added at the request of KDOT to add two projects to the list. Um, and the information related to those projects and, and the scope of them are part of that memo there. So I'd be happy to answer any questions if you have on that item. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Do any commissioners have any questions about the uh, amendment? There being none, thank you, Jeff. Um, uh, duly received. And uh, any written action of waiver requests or determinations made by the city engineer? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services, none this evening. Thank you. David Carter, Chair. How about uh, commissioners? Any ex parte communications to report? Seeing none, uh, any declarations of abstentions from specific uh, agenda items? All right, um, this is the part of the, uh, of the meeting where we recognize uh, uh, general public comment for items that are not already on the agenda. Um, if there's any uh, public comment, um, please uh, use the Zoom feature that uh, Becky described earlier to raise your hand. And while folks look for that, I'll ask uh, Becky or Kyle if there's anyone in the chamber uh, who uh, has shown up for public comment. Kyle Covey with planning. There is no one here to provide public comment at this time. Very good. And any, uh, any raised hands? Kyle Covey with planning. There are also zero raised hands at this time. All right. Thank you, Kyle. David Carter, Chair. With that, we get to our uh, regular agenda, item one. Uh, consider approving a preliminary plat for Cornerstone, Cornerstone Church Edition um, at the corner of O'Connell Road and East 25th Terrace. And I believe uh, Catherine is going to present on this. Yes, good evening, Commissioners. Kathleen Week, planning staff. And I apologize ahead of time. I keep getting a notice that says my internet is unstable. So if I need to repeat something, please feel free to let me know. <laughs> 
Um, so this item is to consider approving a preliminary plat for Cornerstone Church Edition. Uh, the request is to replat to consolidate 33 uh, lots into one large lot and remove the formerly dedicated right of way through the property that will no longer be needed for internal circulation. Um, this is going to be the proposed location for the Cornerstone Baptist Church. Um, just some items of note, the property is located in tier one of Lawrence's urban growth area, which is designated in plan 2040. And the property is also located within the boundaries of the Southeast area plan. The future church is a permitted land use in single and multi-dwelling districts, um, which is, this area is recommended for future residential uh, low and medium density residential use as per plan 2040. So this church um, has owned the lots um, and they no longer wish to develop them as residential uh, properties for detached dwelling and would prefer to move their location, their church to this location. The existing land use is vacant and has been vacant. Um, so it has not been developed prior. So the proposed replatting is not changing the general use or development of its overall subdivision. It is changing this particular parcel ownership. Um, as referenced in the staff report, and I can answer more questions on this if you have them, um, this property underwent a similar replatting process in 2011 to remove the residential lot lines. That preliminary plat, P, um, PP4511, was approved by the Planning Commission in June of 2011, um, and the rezoning to RM12D was approved by the City Commission on July 5th of 2011, Ordinance 8640. So the final plat, which is the next step after a preliminary plat, was not submitted, um, and so that preliminary plat expired in July of 2013. So the applicant is now reinitiating the planning process. And to do that, they have to go through the preliminary planning process again. Um, and so they're trying to make the same proposed modification for this parcel that they had prior. So in reviewing uh, preliminary plats, um, in particular for the South um, East area plan, um, we look at zoning, character of the area, future land uses, the environmental or thoroughfare aspects as related to that Southeast area plan. In staff's review, um, staff is finding that it is in conformance um, with the criteria and staff is recommending approval of this preliminary plat. Um, and I'd be happy to go through any of those criteria if you should have questions about them specifically. We have to answer questions. Thank you, Catherine. David Carter, Chair. Um, is the applicant or a representative here who'd like to say something to, to amend uh, Catherine's comments? Uh, yes, um, Chair, this is Dean Grove with Grove Engineering. Um, I really don't have a presentation to add to what Catherine's uh, provided you, but I'll sure answer questions uh, if there are any. Thank you, Mr. Grove. David Carter, Chair. Um, are there any members of the public who would like to um, speak on this item? If so, please uh, raise your hand with the Zoom function. Uh, and again, I'll ask Kyle if you can tell me if anybody's in the uh, commission chamber. 
I know Kobe was planning. There's nobody uh, in the room with us to speak on this item. And as of this moment, there are no digital hands being raised. All right. Thank you, Kyle. David Carter, Chair. With that, I'll turn it over to the Commission uh, for any questions to Catherine or the applicant. I guess um, I'll uh, ask a question. I'm not sure if it's to Catherine or to Mr. Grobe. If you have any any uh, idea of why the applicant didn't follow through with the uh, with the final plat back in uh, 2011 or 2013, any information on that? Uh, I have no idea. I I, um, I think they bought the property and intended to put it in one lot, and maybe they had considered you know a couple lots rather than one. Uh, other than that, I do not know why that didn't uh, happen. Thank you, Mr. Grubb. David Carter, Chair, any other questions? If there are no questions, um, would anyone care to make a, make a motion? I see Commissioner Carpenter is unmuted. Yeah, Jim Carpenter, Planning Commission. I just want to make comment about this um, before we get to the motion. Sure. You know, with all the <clears throat> emphasis on affordable housing, you know, we're, we have a permissible use, it's gonna be approved. However, we're wiping out 33, probably more affordable developable lots in one fell swoop. Um, so I don't know how we address this in the future or if we even wanna, address this in the future, but we don't have the annexation rules in yet. As a board, we're, or as a commission, we're basically saying no to, you know, <clears throat> development in tier two at the edge of the city. So we're focusing on infill development here we're wiping out building lots. So I know it doesn't have a place in this discussion now, but I just wanna raise that as an issue that is something it's kind of a hard pill to swallow in some respects here. Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter, David Carter Chair. Um, that's a, I guess I'll, I'll follow that up with a question to Mr. Grobe. Um, and I'm not sure if this is, you know, um, just like you wouldn't necessarily have information on the on the final plat. Um, you know, this is a, a part of Lawrence that's growing, um, that has been growing. And yet this plot of land was vacant long enough that the owner decided to uh, consolidate um, you know, the, the um, uh, multiple plats into one. Any background information on, uh, on that move or that decision? Um, you're correct. They've owned the lot for quite some time. Uh, I think they just didn't get in when the first preliminary plat was done, even before 2011. Um, but they bought the lots and they were part some partial lots and other things occurred um you know that they had always intended on putting a church there um you know fundraising and other things you know kind of dictated that um you know but they just again weren't there at the very first step you know when the area was planted to say okay we want this big chunk but you know when they made that decision and bought those uh, again, there were some partial lots. It wasn't just that they ever had any intention to 
develop them as single family lots. It's just, you know, that's what they bought and just funding and finding their church had grown enough and they've now sold their existing facility uh, and, and working out of a temporary site, um, you know, to get in here. So I, I understand Jim's concern, but, you know, it wasn't that, hey, you know, they're just now doing it. They've, they've had that intention since day one. It's just that now come to a first fruition to make that happen. Thank you, Mr. Grote. Uh, that's helpful. Uh, any other questions from commissioners or um, would uh, Commissioner Sinclair, uh, I think I saw your hand go up earlier. Uh, Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. Yeah, I was willing to make a motion. Uh, please go ahead. If you'll take it. Um, I move that we approve the preliminary plat for Cornerstone Church Edition based on the findings listed in the body of the staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Sinclair. Do I have uh, David Carter Chair? Do I have a second? Uh, Commissioner Ashworth, thank you. Um, is there any further discussion? All right, uh, Jeff, can I ask you to read the roll, please? Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Sands? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Strukoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes 10 to zero. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. That brings us to item two. Uh, consider approving a request to rezone approximately 0.737 acres uh, from Douglas County Clustered Preservation District to um, single dwelling residential at 820 North Minnesota Street. And I believe Sandy is here to speak on this. Good evening, Commissioner Sandy Day, planning staff. This item is for rezoning. The property is located on the southeast corner of uh, what is Minnesota Street and Riverside Drive or E1338 and N1770 Road. It is part of a rural residential subdivision that was originally platted back in the 60s. Um, the lots tend to be an acre or almost an acre in size. And each of the lots was provided with individual um, on-site sewage disposal. Over time, many of these lots have had failing septic systems and have petitioned the city for annexation to allow for connection to um, municipal services. And that's the case here. The applicant petitioned the city for annexation at the end of last year. Um, it is less than 10 acres and did not require action by the planning commission. City commission did annex the property and upon annexation, the current county zoning of CP clustered preservation is no longer appropriate. And the applicant is seeking rezoning to um, a, an appropriate city designation. Um, there is no existing approved neighborhood plan or area plan for this area. It is uh, characterized by platted residential lots on individual um, residential homes on individual lots. And the applicant is seeking that that same uh, zoning to RS 10, which is found immediately to the south and reflective of generally kind of these larger lots in this general area. 
happy to answer any questions. I haven't had any conversation with the applicant uh, in a couple of weeks, so I'm not certain that they are on the call, but I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. David Carter, Chair. Um, I'll ask, is the applicant here to uh, speak at this, uh, speak to this? And if so, uh, would you care to amend Sandy's presentation? All right, uh, getting no response. I'll ask, are there mem members of the public who would like to speak on this? You know the drill, please raise your hand and I'll ask Kyle uh, to confirm whether there's anyone in the chambers. Kyle Toby with planning, I can confirm that there are no people in the chambers to speak on this item, nor are there any hands going up uh, on Zoom. Okay, thank you, Kyle. David Carter, Chair. With that, I'll turn it over to the commission for questions to Sandy. Commissioner Ashworth. This is Commissioner Ashworth. Uh, just one question. I can see from the map um, that the RS-10 designation um, does match the surrounding area. Um, but just given that we are um, talking a lot these days about infill, is there a reason that this might not have gone to RS-7 um, to match the Eastern um, zoning designation? Sandy Day Planning Office. Um, we talked briefly with the applicant about both of those options. Um, I think they feel more connected to their neighbors to the south, um, somewhat slightly larger lots. There's enough land area that actually I believe those lots could be further subdivided for an additional lot. Depending on how things are laid out, the, the location of the existing house may or may not um, allow for an easy division of that property, depending on, on what happens. Um, it, there's, there wasn't a significant sway one way or the other for the applicant's opinion. Um, so I think really just their, like I said, connection to their neighbors to the South, um, they went that direction. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. David Carter, Chair. Other questions? I guess I have a question, maybe kind of a procedural question. Uh, when we do have, you know, rural land or, you know, unincorporated land annexed, and it's got a rural zoning de a designation, is, is it not a, uh, a sort of automatic administrative action to assume an urban zoning designation? And what role sh does the, um, the resident typically have in, in a, a, you know, appealing for a particular designation. Sandy Day Planning Office, city code requires that the property be rezoned upon annexation. And usually the property owner is given, um, I believe it's about three months to initiate that rezoning um, or the city commission or staff can direct that initiation to rezone. And then many times, if we don't know a lot about what's going on, we would consider using the UR uh, urban reserve zoning district. So it's, it's never been automatic. It still takes action to rezone. Very good. Thank you, Sandy. David Carter chair, other questions from commissioners or motions. No one has any further questions? 
Commissioner Sinclair. Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. If no one else has any comments or wants to take this one, I'm happy to make a motion. Please. I move that we um, approve the request to rezone approximately 0.737 acres from uh, CP Cluster Preservation District to RS10, single dwelling residential district, based on the findings presented in the staff report and forwarding it to the city commission with that recommendation for approval. Thank you, Commissioner Sinclair. David Carter, Chair, do I have a second? Uh, Commissioner Sands, thank you. Uh, is there any further discussion? Yes, uh, Commissioner Sands, uh, actually, I actually do have a question <clears throat> for staff on this one. Could I just, before you ask that, could I just ask for clarification? Were you, did you raise your hand to ask the question or to second the motion? I raised my hand to ask the question, but. Okay, thank you. Just thank you. Just, too. Okay, it's fine. Thanks, thanks for the clarification. Please continue. Uh, no, I'll wait. If, if someone else wants to second, I'll hold my question until after the. What, thank you, Commissioner Sands. Uh, just out of uh, abundance of caution, would any uh, any other commissioners uh, wish to second uh, Commissioner Sinclair's motion? Commissioner Struckoff, thank you. Uh, now, uh, Commissioner Sands, please go ahead. Okay. Uh, a question for staff. So the the rest of the neighbors that are in that. Uh, clustered preservation, um, they are not, if this is a question for clarification, they're not requesting rezoning, correct? I'm sorry, they're not requesting annexation. Sandy Day Planning Office, that is correct. The annexations within both the Millers and Wells um, Acres subdivisions, these rural subdivisions in this area, they have not uh, unanimously approached the city for annexation. Um, it seems to be a lot by lot uh, request based on the need for um, a sanitary sewer connection. City staff has been looking at this area and extending sanitary sewer um, is quite the project. So it's, it's something that is on um, staff's radar and acknowledgement that ultimately it, it will happen. But at this point, it's been based on a property owner request and based on need. Uh, so the surrounding areas, I mean, there's, uh, it, it's surrounded nearly on all sides by city's own property, RS7 on the east, RS10 on the south, RS7 on the south, RM, IG. Um, is, this, is it the city's plan to extend city water and sewer out to this single property or how, how does the future of this project look? So this property, and I believe most of the residents in this area may have um, some form of municipal water service to their lots. What they do not have um, unanimously throughout the subdivisions is access to sanitary sewer. Um, if sewer, getting sewer to all of these lots in this area is complicated. It is something that city engineers have been looking at, um, how, how to run that, how to finance that, uh, what kind of easements need to be acquired. Um, so it's kind of been, like I said, lot by lot as it's been coming through. Um, the two lots to the south, the two RS-10, uh, uh, zoned lots, those had that same situation where they had failing septic system and were able to connect relatively easy to city sanitary sewer. Same thing for this property. Um, they can connect fairly easily to 
municipal services for sanitary sewer. Um, there is not a plan in place today on how um, all of that area would be sewered. It is something that city staff has been looking at. They have just not um, developed uh, that plan fully. I think there may be some resistance from property owners. Um, if their septic systems are not failing, they're not particularly anxious to annex um, and, and bear the brunt of some of that cost of what the sanitary sewer extension is gonna look like. Well, uh, Rob Sands, Planning Commissioner. So, I mean, I guess I would assume that when it comes time for each individual property owner, they have to weigh out the cost of repairing and replacing their septic with the cost of running uh, city sanitary sewer or city water, if that's the case out there. Right. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm gonna vote uh, to approve this or not yet. I'd like to hear some other commissioners comments on it. I think one of the things that frustrates me about this is um, is the seeming inevitability of it all. Uh, and this is this is kind of the the stuff that that some of the this is a scenario that is described at great length in in, in strong towns and city lab and, and these kinds of articles that are what I thought used to be on the fringe of the planning movement but but now are seemingly be becoming more mainstream and maybe I'm getting indoctrinated to their plans but but this scenario right here is what is uh, is what we are warned against. Um, kind of enveloping these these larger lot developments uh, that are not dense, uh, that are just going to increase cost of providing service uh, to this to this area. That I mean. Everything surrounding it is is zoned one way, and, and this is it's it's not dense, and it's not going to provide a uh, a sustainable fiscal solution for providing um, required services. So that that's all my comments. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Sands, David Carter, Chair. Are there other uh, comments um, on this item? Commissioner uh, Carpenter, please. Uh, Jim Carpenter, Planning Commissioner. I just have a question for staff. Um, for those of planning commissioners that have never had a septic system, how do you know when your septic system is failing and when you might have to make this decision? I don't know if David Carter Chair, I'm not sure if Sandy's accessible. I'm seeing her image frozen right now. I don't know if that's a something that maybe um, someone else on staff could answer, or maybe Commissioner Willie. It's an open question. I mean, when I drove out there, it it felt like I was driving into a neighborhood that my parents moved us into in 1966, which was I then realized a rural subdivision at the time with septic symptoms where I helped lay the lines and everything on most of the houses around us with my dad. So I know the answer. I'm just curious if, if the rest know the answer and I don't want to answer it. So. Uh, Commissioner Willie, would you care to enlighten the rest of us? Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. Yes, it's because your neighbors start complaining because they can smell it. So it's an overflow. It's on a day like this where we the, the ground is saturated, we got more rain. Uh, you can bet that the neighbors are well aware that the septic system has failed. So um, of course I'm gonna vote in favor of this because it's a health issue. 
And you couldn't get a permit to put a septic system on a one acre lot or less than one acre lot now if you wanted to. It's only there because it's grandfathered in. Um, health department will allow a septic system and a well on five acres, a septic system and city water or county water on three acres. And this is less than one acre. It's, it's, a, it's a health issue and I think we need to pass it. Thank you, Commissioner Willie, David Carter Chair. I'd like to acknowledge Commissioner Sands' uh, observation. I, 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 where I see eye to eye with him on this is from the standpoint of new subdivisions on the urban fringe. Um, this is the, you know, this kind of challenge is the one that I think we're trying to prevent, um, you know, moving forward. So I, I, I recognize and acknowledge that that doesn't stand in the way of my uh, desire to uh, vote in favor of this. Uh, any other commissioners care to comment or uh, Commissioner Sands, are you satisfied or? Um... The additional, yeah, Rob Sands, Planning Commissioner, the additional information provided by uh, Commissioner Willie, which kind of explained that that through various regulations, the homeowner has been put in a pinch that has to, is being basically being forced into this position. I have uh, a different outlook on it now. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Sanders. I have the same outlook, but I, I'll change. I'll vote for it because of what Karen said. Understood. Thank you, Commissioner Sands. David Carter, Chair. Other other comments or questions? All right, um, Jeff. Could I ask you to read the roll, please? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services, Commissioner Ashworth. Yes. Commissioner Butler. Yes. Commissioner Carpenter. Yes. Commissioner Carter. Yes. Commissioner Payton. Yes. Commissioner Sands? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes 10 to zero. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. That brings us to item three. Uh, consider approving a text amendment to revise the subdivision regulations for Lawrence and the unincorporated areas of Douglas County to accommodate the Eudora urban growth area per the interlocal agreement uh, approved by the Board of County Commissioners. Um, and I believe Mary is going to present on this. Good evening, Mary Miller, City County Planner. And I'll just share my screen. I just have a brief presentation. The city of Eudora has been working with the Board of County Commissioners to establish an urban growth area through an interlocal agreement. And the final step, steps of getting this established is one, uh, to have the Attorney General sign the interlocal agreement and return it, and two, to make these revisions to the um, subdivision regulations. Uh, they had certain standards they wanted to apply in their urban growth area. And so this text amendment is just taking care of one of those last items. This graphic shows the proposed urban growth area for Eudora. Tier one is everything within the city limits. And there are also island rural properties within this tier that are completely surrounded by city. Um, tier two is shown in yellow. And this is where the um, text amendment would apply. Uh, the city would like to prohibit land divisions through the subdivision regulations in this tier, except for divisions that are can be accomplished as exemptions from the subregs. And exemptions would include things such as agricultural divisions for agricultural use, for cemetery purposes, for right-of-way or easements, uh, boundary, you know, correction surveys, 
And also, uh, in the Ag 1 district, we have uh, the Agricultural Subdivision Boundary Survey, which is an exemption. It allows you to divide 20 acre parcels. You can't go below that. And then there are certain standards that you need to meet. And that's an extension or exemption. And in Ag 2, there is a homestead exemption, which means if there was a home on the property before 2006, it could be divided off, provided it's compliant with the standards in Ag 2 district. These can all be accomplished as exemptions. They go through the Zoning and Codes Office. They don't go through the Planning Office or come to you for those divisions. Uh, specifically, they want to prohibit divisions through certificates of surveys or plats or minor subdivisions. Uh, there is one exception that they're willing to make. There are some properties in this uh, Tier 2 that have been platted, and some of them are preliminary platted but not final platted. And so they would leave that option open that if someone wanted to replat those to either reconfigure the lots or divide them, if Eudora did not feel it was necessary for them to annex at the time, those divisions might be able to move forward. And so um, section 20-803 of the subranks, which are section 11-103 county code is being revised or proposed to be revised to include this prohibition. The language currently has a restriction or a prohibition on land divisions in service area one of the Lawrence urban growth area, which was land very close to the city of, it actually, I believe, included Miller's Acres and Wells Acres that you were just speaking of. Service area one and two and three and four no longer exist. Plan 2040 replaced those with tiers. And so it'll just be a cleanup while we're in that section making this change for Eudora. We would just remove the language about Lawrence's urban growth area. Um, so this is the proposed language. No division of land in tier two of the Ur Eudora urban growth area shall be approved until the land proposed for division has been annexed into the city of Eudora with the following exceptions. Uh, the first being anything that's an exemption from this regulations. And the second one being that there could be an exemption for property that has been preliminary or final platted provided the city of Eudora determines they don't need to be annexed at this time. And staff worked with the um, city manager, Barik Matit, and with the planning consultant to develop this language. And I believe the city manager is um, present. He said he would be here to answer questions, but he didn't really intend to make a presentation. And so staff recommends forwarding this amendment to the county commissioners with a recommendation for approval. And as this subregs are a joint document, this would also be placed on the city commission's consent agenda for consideration. And I'll be happy to answer any questions if you have any for me. Thank you very much, Mary. Uh, David Carter, Chair. Uh, Mr. Matip, would you care to make any uh, additional comments uh, on this item? Oh, good evening, Commissioner. This is Barack Matita, City Manager of Eudora. No, I did not have any additional comments or any additional comments to add. This is a conversation that started back in 1980, and I've been working with the county uh, a lot of staff to work on this, and uh, I'm just glad that uh, we're finally, uh, you know, finishing up a project that started back in 1980. Very good, thank you, Mr. Matit. Um, uh, commissioners may may have some some questions to mine your your knowledge of history at some point uh, in in the future. Um, uh, I guess I, sh I should ask, Is there are there any members of the public who would like to speak on this item? Uh, again, please raise your, your Zoom hand, um, and I will ask um, Kyle to please confirm if there's anyone in the council chambers. 
Ohio Kobe planning, there's nobody here. And right now I don't see any of those Zoom hands going up. Very good, thank you, Kyle. With that, I'll turn it back over to the commission uh, for questions to uh, Mary or to Mr. Matee. Commissioner Willie. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. So my question is, um, either for staff or Mr. Matit, whoever would care to take this, but um, why is there no public comment? Uh, there are a lot of landowners that are affected by this and I, I, and it's already had quite a process before it came to us. Usually we, those things kind of compound, you know, we get the public comment that went to other boards before us, but I'm just curious because this is the sort of thing that should make some people want to be heard or ask questions. I wanna make sure we've done all our public process right. And uh, David Carter, Chair, please, um, uh, Mary or Mr. Matit, feel free to speak up. Oh, Commissioner, this is uh, Barack Matit. Uh, Mary, I didn't know if you had any comments to add, but what I wanted to share is we did have this conversation from uh, with our planning commissioners and also with our uh, city commission as well. And uh, there's plenty of opportunity for us to uh, to receive public comment uh, during those discussions. And uh, uh, there were actually property owners that were interested in our approach the county in terms of uh, our UGA. So we, be, we were working with the, those property owners that had expressed interest uh, in us finalizing our UGA. Uh, so we were intimately keeping them in as far as what the process was and what we were doing. <laughs> Uh, so throughout the process from the city side, we had uh, the planning commission level opportunity uh, for public comment and also the city commission level for public comment as well. Thank you, Mr. Matit. Uh, David Carter, Chair, do you have other questions from the commission? Um, Commissioner Sinclair, do I not see your hand going up? Uh, Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner, you did not see my hand going up. <laughs> okay. But I would, I mean, I, I guess I would echo Commissioner Willie's uh, question. That was the first thought that came to my mind for something that um, in practice has a, a pretty strong effect of curtailing people's um, rights with respect to the property in that, in uh, tier two. Um, I, I am, I don't know what to make of it, but I, you know, I'm surprised that there aren't more people that are, uh, you know, sort of, uh, raising hell or whatever. Um, so I, it, I just, I, I second that. I don't think it, I don't have any concerns about, I guess the, uh, the notice and whether or not that was all complied with. It's just an interesting uh, phenomenon. I feel like on this, that <laughs> there is not a single public comment to come along with this. Thank you, Commissioner Sinclair, David Carter, Chair. Other questions, observations? Um, I, I guess I, um, I would ask um, uh, Mr. Matit to maybe walk us through a, a typical uh, scenario where we would actually expect uh, annexation and subdivision to take place under, you know, what would be, what are the, your, your anticipated uh, desired uh, steps that you would like to see subdivision take place under? 
Commissioner, this is Barack Matit, City Manager of Eudora. Uh, I'd probably uh, rely on Mary to be able to describe that process because any application that uh, they receive comes to us. And uh, we've had a pretty good working relationship that whenever they receive an application, uh, they confirm or they will reach out to us to ask us some questions, especially if it's in within uh, tier two. And we'd be able to have a discussion and look at the pros and cons and also discuss with the property owners and then advise them of what the process looks like uh, and then provide any other guidance that they might need to be able to uh, help them make a decision whether they should move forward with uh, their subdivision uh, that they have in mind and whether annexation might be of importance. I know as a city, uh, we have some subdivision developments around our city limits that have been there. And similar to some of the conversations that you all had earlier about developments basically being developed around uh, the city limits, we were trying to curtail that because it becomes so somewhat difficult to provide the needed infrastructure utilities for those developments whenever they would ask for. Uh, so for us, it starts with uh, Mary reaching out and then us having conversation with the property owners and then discussing the pros and cons and providing some guidance as far as what they might need uh, to be able to uh, to move forward. Thank you, Mr. Matit, David Carter Chair. Mary, is there anything you'd like to add to that? I'm Mary Miller, City County Planner. We've been working on this for over a year and um, Zoning and Code staff and myself have gone to the Planning Commission meeting and the City Commission meeting in Eudora, and they've explained the reason they want to limit the growth in the urban growth area is they want to be able to annex and provide the services. Right now, they often provide water, and when people develop, they don't want to annex later, and it kind of hampers their ability to grow. And um, they originally had a much larger urban growth area. And the county commission worked with them to get it smaller because they wanted it. If you had to annex before you develop, it needed to be a smaller area. So it's reasonable to assume it's going to be annexing before long. So we're not putting land that's three miles away and saying you can't develop and it could be 40 years before it annexes. So the boundary of the urban growth area really shrunk. And on that graphic I showed you, there was a red outline. And that's an area that um, is not currently in the urban growth area, but that's where they let the county commission know they may want to expand into that, but Bert um, Brock could let you know that they did have a very large urban growth area planned at first, but just knowing that annexation was going to be required before you could actually subdivide and develop, the, the area just seemed too large. It wasn't reasonable to expect that. And so they had their uh, utilities department go through and look at where they reasonably could expect to extend services. And so the area that's within tier two, they indicated they thought they would be able to provide services within a reasonable short time. So they're not trying to put a prohibition on development that's just stopping it. They just wanna manage it and be able to provide services and take them into the city. Thank you, Mary. Uh, David Carter, Chair. Uh, I, I think the, oh, Commissioner Willie, please. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. Um, I think this is smart. I think it's a good, way forward. I think it's a good answer for the city of Eudora. I think we should probably look at a model similar to this moving forward. Um, I, I I do have a question though about um, notice. So usually within three miles of the city of Baldwin or the city of Eudora, 
um, um, presumably Lecompton too. They don't, I guess they have had something in that region. And if anything in the county unincorporated area happens there, then it triggers um, a, a joint meeting or a request for information from the planning commission of that city. Will that boundary, that three mile radius still occur, still trigger that, or would this now shrink back to that urban growth area that's proposed? Mary Miller planner, that three mile area will still be there. That's in county code. So anytime a project comes before the planning commission, there will be a joint Eudora planning commission meeting possible if they you know attend. So that's not gonna be changed at all. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Commissioner Willie. Uh, I'm glad uh, Commissioner Willie spoke up first because I was going to say, I think this is eminently sensible. Um, and uh, I, I intend to support it, but uh, would any other commissioners choose to ask any questions, speak up? And if there are no other questions, I'd certainly accept a motion. Uh, Commissioner Struckoff. Uh, Eric Struckoff, Planning Commissioner. Um, I move that we approve the proposed amendment, uh, TA 21-00090, revising the subdivision regulations for Lawrence and the unincorporated areas of Douglas County to the Board of County Commissioners with a recommendation for approval. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff. David Carter, Chair, do I have a second? <laughs> Commissioner Willie. Uh, any further discussion? And uh, Jeff, could I ask you to read the roll, please? Certainly. Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Sands? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yeah. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes 10 to zero. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. That brings us to item four. Um, receive and provide guidance on the 2022 to 24 planning work plan and forward to the Douglas County uh, Board of, well, excuse me, well, finished. I don't need to read the entire thing. Uh, Jeff, I believe you're going to present uh, on this. Yes, good evening, commissioners. Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Uh, the work plan is something that you usually see as part of your, your orientation, but given the uh, slight shuffle that we've had in the last year, given your meeting and some of the other things going on, additionally the additional staff being added to the planning division. Uh, we wanted to bring the work plan back to you a little bit later so we could accommodate all those requests. Um, so you can kind of see in the work plan, we're lining out a three-year work plan in there. Um, and two things to really note on that one is that this accommodates some of those neighborhood and sector area planning requests that we've had over the years. And because of the change in the staffing that was approved by the city commission, we think we can start accommodating uh, for the lack of a better description here, a, a city plan and a county plan, each one for next two, excuse me, two for next three years. So they would be a total of six in the works going in for the next three years at this point in time. 
So this would allow us to kind of meet those needs for our current planning efforts, so the, the plans and the site plans and the projects that you see on a monthly basis, but also allow us to have that capacity and ability to get out and start doing the long-range planning that we all recognize as being critical to the, to the environments and the neighborhoods and items of those. Um, so that kind of is the, the work plan in its nature there. You'll notice that this is very similar to some of the items and, and goals and things that you had noted in your 2019 orientation session. So we did kind of carry those forward and provide those kind of a, a good streamlined timeline that we think we can meet as part of that. I also wanted to note, uh, just for the commission and for the public's sake there, we also put a table in there of the ones that are currently underway and when we're estimating their completion status to be, so you can kind of see of what that workload currently looks like for staff. Uh, so just kind of a, a very brief overview of the work plan and be happy to answer any questions the commission has on the item. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Um, do I have any members of the public who would like to speak up on this? So please... Use Zoom to raise your hand, and I will ask Kyle if there are any members or any uh, members of the public in the commission chamber. Kyle Kobe with planning. Uh, there are no people in the commission chamber to speak on this item, and I don't see any digital hands at this point either. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, David Carter, Chair. I'll turn it over to the commission then uh, for questions to Jeff uh, about the work plan. I guess uh, I'll start off by asking. Uh, 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 Kyle Covey with planning. I think we do have one person who wishes to speak on this. Oh, forgive me. Um, uh, Ms. Joyce, uh, please. Uh, uh, you've got uh, three minutes. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I couldn't find my hand, um, my hand button. So good evening. I'm Holly Joyce. I'm co-chair for the Schwegler Neighborhood Association. And at this time, we just wanted to voice our support for the 23rd Street Land Use and Neighborhood Study. Our neighborhood spans the north stretch of 23rd Street from Naismith to Iowa. And throughout this section, there are currently 10 vacant commercial properties. Um, these properties are in various conditions, ranging from the brand new former Sprint store to a burnt down former restaurant. The recent vacancies have filled with less than desirable businesses, and it's our hope that um, the completion of this study can provide our residents with businesses that are compatible and ones that support positive growth in our community. We feel that with businesses starting to reopen, we feel um, time is the essence to determine the best use for this, um, these vacant spaces and the study along 23rd Street. And that's it, thank you. Thank you, Ms. Joyce, appreciate your comments. Um, uh, David Carter Chair, uh, I should give adequate time to ask if there are any other members of the of the public, and if it's too difficult to find the the Zoom uh, hand, we are a fairly small group, so please feel free to raise your your hand hand. Very good. Well, thank you. And with that, I'll, I will you. go ahead. Thank you. And with that, I'll go ahead and turn it over to the Commission for uh, for for questions and comments. And while people decide what they want to say, aha, Commissioner Ashworth, please. Uh, Commissioner Ashworth, uh, the public comments uh, brought to mind, uh, we have someone here that was speaking on behalf of the Schwegler neighborhood. I'm wondering if there has been recent contact from the neighborhoods 
Um, I noticed that some of these requests uh, for planning are quite old. So I'm wondering if there has, have been recent conversations with the neighborhood. There's been, of course, a lot of turnover, I imagine, um, in the neighborhood uh, governance or uh, neighborhood activity and wondering if that has changed any of the prioritization of these neighborhood plans. Jeff Crick, Planning Development Services Director. We did have some notifications. We did have some discussions uh, kind of recently about um, maybe a few months ago, but it may be a little bit longer since time has kind of lost some meaning lately uh, with the East Lawrence Neighborhood Association. And that's why you see that that plan kind of being prioritized higher on that one. We've also had uh, some discussions with the Pinckney area plan and related to some discussion at City Commission. And that's why that one has also uh, been moved up to uh, 2023, I believe, on the list there. Um, usually the neighborhoods have been very good even as the, uh, you know, as, as the presidents change and as, as the leaderships have changed over time to let us know if they're, they're still interested or if they're not interested. So we, we're pretty sure the list that we have is, is still the neighborhoods that are interested at the moment. Uh, but we're always um, keeping an ear out and having discussions with neighborhoods if they are still interested or if they would like to, you know, um, in some discussions maybe to pool and have two or three neighborhoods be reviewed at the same time. So we're, we're always open to having those discussions. But we think the list as it is currently prioritized, or excuse me, the list that we currently have prioritizes in that same line that we've, we've been having those discussions. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Um, I know you mentioned that this was brought up uh, in the wake of um, you know, budget, uh, city budget accommodations of staffing increases. Can you tell what the sort of staffing contingencies are in your ability to deliver on this timeline? Um, Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director. I'm not sure if I understand the, if I, I'm not sure I quite understand your question. I hate Forgive to... me. So let me, I'll, thank you for asking for more specifics. I guess I'm asking, do you, in order to, um, so what, what, what kind of staffing changes do you need to make in order to um, to to uh, achieve this timeline, like how many how many staff positions do you uh, do you need to fill, and um, and you know well, how long does that take? Certainly, Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services Director. Uh, the commission recently approved the addition of three planners and a planning technician to join the planning division staff, and that would give us the capacity to carry out. The, the work plan that we have here. So that's why you start seeing kind of that pickup in the items in 2022. That would allow us time to uh, go through the hiring process and give the, the new staff some time to settle in and get used to those items before we really go out and start doing a lot of that big, heavy, heavy workload of items. So um, generally, we're very hopeful to have uh, that process getting underway in the very near future. We're just got to get some of the loose ends tied up and then we can begin working to recruit for those position openings. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair, that's really helpful. Uh, other questions from commissioners? Uh, Commissioner Ashworth. This is Commissioner Ashworth. I'm maybe getting ahead of myself. When I reviewed this document, I was, I, I'm looking for it now. There's sort of an echo. Is that interfering? No, okay. Uh, somewhere in here, when I reviewed it previously, uh, was a mention of uh, updating the uh, land use development code uh, to match or to take into consideration plan 2040. And I know there was a mention of that in here somewhere. I can't find it. Um, can you 
give us an idea of how that is that going to be uh, a little piece of most of these steps is updating the land use development code as we go along through this work plan. Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director. Um, Commissioner Ashworth, I'm not sure if it's- This memo or if it was in a, a memo that was at City Commission, but staff is anticipating and hoping to uh, initiate a, a, a revision to the Land Development Code to kind of help it bring back in line with Plan 2040. Also help it line up more with what we're seeing for the communities ask for affordable housing, sustainability, and some of those other planning efforts that we've had in the area here. So this would, it would be separate from this item, but we would envision it going on at the same time. Uh, at the moment, well, we're anticipating that to be a consultant-led uh, process. That way it can be done at some speed and have some some dedicated time to it there. If it was a staff-led process, I'm afraid it'd be a little bit, it might be drawn out a little longer. So we're hoping to have that process be led by a consultant and, and coming online. So we didn't include it in the work plan since it was not necessarily staff-driven, but it is something that we are looking for and trying to prioritize at the moment. Commissioner uh, Asher, thank you for clarifying. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Commissioner Ashworth. David Carter, Chair. Other questions, um, observations from commissioners? Commissioner uh, Carpenter. Jim Carpenter, Planning Commissioner. <clears throat> I was glad to hear the word consultant uh, coming from Jeff because I believe that the new positions added to the planning department are making this possible to do the neighborhood plan and area plans uh, concurrently, you know, at least touching on some each year. And, you know, as I look at the you know, the highest priority, well, for 2022, looking at the annexation uh, policies, I think that's, I know we need to do that quick, but it's not going to help us if we still have um, zoning that allows lots that are much too large uh, to be incorporated into the city in a fiscally responsible way. So I'm glad to hear that there is talk of having a consultant work on that land development code so that we can have these mesh more appropriately because we already have conflicting rules out there. And as we go, we're going to only going to create more conflicts if we can't get a lot of this done at the same time. So Jeff, how, how firm is it that there's actually going to be a consultant brought in to work on the land use code, land development? Jeff Crick, Planning Development Services Director. It's it's still very early days on that front. We're still working to identify the funding and, and get that process initially scoped out. But right now we're we're holding to that as a, as the the choice course to go forward on that one because um, a zoning code is one of those things that can take up a lot of time and you have to put a lot of resources and effort into them. But the other side of that is it's not a process you want to elongate in time. You want to have it kind of go very, very quickly in some regards. That way people have expectations and they know that it's moving forward. It has some, some delineated steps to it. Um, so what you tend to see nowadays is, is, you know, those code rewrites will, you know, get started and they might linger for two to three years to kind of go through the, the input, the analysis, the studying, and then the drafting phases. And that we're really envisioning we're really hoping to bring a consultant on board that could bring that to a close in a, in a couple of years very quickly. But it's don't have too much detail on the timeline or what that looks like at the moment, but we're still in the early days of kind of getting that scoped out and get that foundation settled for it. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Other questions? 
Any other specific? Uh, Commissioner Struckoff, please. Planning Commissioner Eric Struckoff. Um, I was also uh, gratified to hear that uh, the consultant was being brought in, especially for the land use revisions. <clears throat> um, uh, after all, and not only is our new uh, comprehensive plan a very high level view uh, of, of uh, our planning desires and a statement of our, of our uh, wishes as a community, but we did leave behind some of that code-like language. Um, and, and so that is partly what's, what's brought about the need to have these revisions done. Um, in addition to that, the goals set by this commission by our city and county commissions um, through our comprehensive plan are also very high. And so I am very, very proud of the planning staff and the city commission uh, and county commissions who have chosen to uh, add these positions to the uh, planning staff uh, to make these changes possible, to make them quickly uh, and to um, do them thoroughly. And uh, so I'm very grateful that uh, our governing bodies have seen fit to, to accommodate these very demanding um, tasks that are placed on the planning staff. So thanks to them too. Thank you, Commissioner Strakoff, David Carter Chair. Um, other questions? Or would uh, Commissioner, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Commissioner Sinclair. Thank you, Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. Um, I mean, with these with work plans and the various things that are out there, I think there are a lot of competing interests and 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 um, I guess factions that would want things to be worked on sooner than later. And so it's a hard task, I think, for planning staff um, to come up with a work plan. Uh, but I just wanted to, you know, uh, we're commending the governing bodies for uh, adding staff, but I do want to commend Jeff and planning staff uh, for putting together this work plan. I feel like it um, balances well the various things that we're trying to do. And it's the, the things that planning commission has uh, indicated our priorities to us are I'm sure different than, you know, other commissions uh, um, for the city um, and, and county even. And I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm proud uh, of this work plan and I feel like it, uh, it's exciting to see. It seems like there's a lot to um, tackle and I look forward to uh, seeing the product from all this. So thank you all. Thank you, Commissioner Sinclair, David Carter Chair. Um, Jeff, you're welcome to uh, uh, respond to that if you like. Uh. <laughs> um, Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services Director. Um, I have to give all the, the credit to the staff on, on helping us get this work plan together because they, they've been very clear about what's what's capable and what they're seeing as the issues popping up. And you know, we've had some discussions about it, but it, it's um, all credit due to staff on that, that they're willing to, to, you know, not just meet that current planning workload that we have, but also step up to the plate and go for those long range items that we all see as being key community values. So um, we think it's a good work plan. We, we think we had it balanced pretty well between um, kind of making sure that we could meet all those demands and the, and the current planning efforts that we had going on, but also allow us to kind of stretch out and go into that long range planning that we all really would like to see some traction on. So I, I got to give some credit to staff on that one. It, it's definitely not uh, all, all one person on that. It's, it's going to be a team effort to get this conducted and underway. Great. Thanks, David Cutter Chair. Um, I guess uh, it's been a while since we've had 
a uh, work plan. I know the past uh, year has been really disruptive, uh, but uh, assuming we're able to get back to a normal pace, what should we expect in the future? Do you do we revisit this on an annual basis for amendments? Um, what does uh, what does this look like one year from now or eighteen months from now? Can you remind us? Jeff Craig playing services director. Certainly, we would like to bring this back to you annually. That way, you could see you know the progress that we've made, or if there's been a project that maybe has gotten a, a little bit stuck in the weeds or something like that has come up where there's been some things that have popped up. Um, obviously, the work plan for 2020 was almost, um, it was almost rendered moot by, by the pandemic and some of the things going on. But what we would like to do is bring this back to you every year and also to the governing bodies every year just to show the progress that we're doing and then also make sure that we're still prioritizing the things in the right order and that something hasn't shifted around a little bit in the community that, that the commissions are seeing that needs to be adjusted. So. We would like to bring it back uh, kind of on your normal schedule, which would be right around your orientation, uh, if possible. And so that would be our hope at the moment. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Um, any other questions from commissioners or perhaps motions? Uh, Commissioner uh, Shanklin. Hi, Greg Shanklin, Planning Commissioner. Um, I see in the margin notes that um, a number of the priorities uh, are referred to as having been suggested by the Planning Commission. I'm curious about how that process works. Um, so, um, Jeff, if I could hear from you on that. But also, I, I think the, the item that concerns me the most um, in the prioritization is the evaluation of ag and environmentally sensitive lands and it's scheduled for 2023. Um, that issue in particular has come up in, um, I mean, th this, this month is an exception, it seems. And I, I think that if there were a way to, to move that up in, in the prioritization, that would be a great thing to do. Um, and I mean, just generally speaking, I don't know if this is the place to comment, but I'd like to know when is um, a place to comment about about priorities. Jeff Craig, Government Services Director, uh, Commissioner Shanklin, I think this is the moment to, to comment about those priorities. Um, I think this is kind of the feedback that we're looking for this evening is to kind of make sure we're getting those in the it's slotted correctly for the right years. Um, and one thing I might have to, to ask Becky to give me a hand on because I was not available for the uh, setting in 2019 for those priorities. I was actually absent during that time. But it was what we did at the the Planning Commission orientation to kind of line out is this, you know, what were the, the, the commissions identifying as the high and the medium and the low priorities and the things that were in Plan 2040 that we wanted to have that come through. And that was a part of the orientation session back in back in 19, which was the last time we could all meet together and it was at the, the county commission building. So um, I think uh, Becky's giving me the indication I got it right there on that one. But I, again, I wasn't at that meeting, unfortunately, but it was really that orientation session that sets that that prioritization that we had here. But again, uh, we've got that as a note and we'll we'll take a look at that and put that forward for the consideration going forward if, if the commission finds that to be important. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, David Carter, Chair. Commissioner 
No, I don't. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, n- not at all. Thank you. Um, so I, I guess I do have a follow-up question to Jeff about um, this just as an example. Um, you know, when we look at 2022, um, you know, the items that are on there, they, you know, they've been identified as high priority. Um, the only one uh, that I see that's not really explicitly mentioned, that's, that's not a land use plan and not mentioned as high priority, is the stream buffer ordinance. And not to single this one out, but just from a project planning perspective, I'm curious about a little bit of the nuts and bolts of something like this. I assume that you've got sort of resource estimates for each one of these things. And when you've got to to, uh, juggle the priorities, you've got to look at, you know, by moving one thing up, you're going to be displacing something else. And I'm just curious, um, as an example, the the item that Commissioner Shanklin called attention to versus uh, something like the stream buffer ordinance, um, you know, what, what does that look like in terms of the investment of staff time? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director. Uh, that one has kind of been tandemed with a couple of other things that have been going on, more more with municipal services and operations, but also we've been playing a pretty active role in that that too. Um, so that one's more more of a partnership than a, 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 a planning and development services alone initiative that's driving that one. So that one, that one has the possibility to kind of move around, and it, it may also turn out as we start developing the programs that help underpin that, and that, that initial thing is we might need to revise that one around a little bit. Um, that looks like I also didn't include in there that that was also identified in Plan 2040 as a priority. I don't believe it was identified by the Planning Commission as a priority, but it has been something that city staff has identified as being kind of valuable and some of the work that we've been doing on that front. But it, it is possible to move that one around. And I should note that on 2022, the 23rd Street Land Use and Neighborhood Study is actually a funded consultant study that was actually scheduled for 2020. We actually couldn't go forward with it during the pandemic, so it got moved into the next budget year. So we think that one will be a con- excuse me that one will be a consultant-led one that will get initiated. We think starting in 2022. So that one won't be a, a necessarily a resource task on staff other than managing the project as a whole, but it would be a consultant-led item that we were, we were hoping to do in the spring of 2020 that we just couldn't do for a, a couple of obvious reasons there, so. But. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Other, other questions from, from commissioners? Anyone else want to um, ask about specific priorities? Uh, Commissioner Ashworth. Commissioner Ashworth, um, just because um, you picked on the stream buffer ordinance, uh, Commissioner Carter, uh, as I understand that one, and correct me if I am wrong, Jeff, but that one has been in development now for a few years, uh, two or three years, and it it strikes me as that something that could actually get done, (laughs) Um, and it is in a cooperation uh, with municipal services. And it sounds like something that's just kind of on the precipice of, of being completed. Now, it might other other things that are coming up may change that a little bit, but that seems to me like within the grasp of getting done. And um, so that I and I and I would put that personally as a priority. But um, as, if I'm incorrect in that assessment, Jeff, please please do correct me. Uh, Jeff Craig, playing the services director. Uh, Craig, we started that. Uh, kind of all the way back, I believe, in uh, August or September of 2018. 
and kind of got that ball rolling. So we're hopeful that it's on its um, last lap, if you will. We think it's getting close to getting through the process there, but but knowing the complexity of those, we're, we're also we're banking on it and kind of going through in 2022. There's also a lot of things that have to happen kind of along the way before that one can really reach its end. And we're wanting to make sure that we get all those kind of foundation stones set in place before we get to it. But it's, um, I had to look back and I believe I asked the, um, I believe I actually wrote the initiation memo back in August of 2018. So it's it's been with us for a little while and we've um, had staff doing some good work on it. It's, it's just been a little um, kind of, um, little hopscotched, if you will, in, in trying to do that as, as some of the priorities have shifted around and trying to keep up with some of the, the changing in, in priorities in the last year. But we think we were in that last lap with it, honestly. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Ashworth, David Carter Chair. And, uh, uh, as I said, I wasn't trying to pick on that specific item. My Part of my point was just that by rearranging priorities, we, we and we'll, it will inevitably have to displace something as we move something up. But, uh, um, uh, other questions, observations from commissioners? Commissioner Shanklin, you look like you may want to say something. Greg Shanklin, Planning Commissioner. Um, I do have one more request. Um, I, I noticed that we've relegated increased height and density to 2024 um, with a reference that it's a medium priority. Um, and given the, the city and county's need for um, housing production, uh, in particular affordable housing production, uh, it seems to me that increased height and density are of paramount importance. And so I would urge that we find a way to move that up the ladder as, as high as possible. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Shanklin, David Carter, Chair. Jeff, would you care to say anything on that? I mean, I think um, I, I recognize uh, Commissioner Shanklin's observation. I think considering we have not actually discussed item on the work plan since, uh, uh, you know, specific items since probably October of 2019, uh, it's fair to say that um, uh, that that recommendation was made without um uh, the benefit of some of the items that have come before us uh, recently. But would you care to say anything to that, Jeff? Jeff Craig, Development Services Director. Um, you know, some of these items I think may also get picked up and done as part of that consultant-led code rewrite process so that it might get expedited as part of that as, as something else. So it, it, some of these might get reshuffled as that revision process gets a little bit more um, focused in and, and we get to understand what that scope looks like. So I think that's a, it's a great uh, item to note. I think it's something we, we see at Planning Commission quite frequently, uh, but I could also see that one kind of getting wrapped up into a, a broader discussion about the development code as a whole too. So it, it may get expedited as part of that process. Um, like I said, though, don't quite have all the details yet, so I can't promise anything at that stage. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, David Carter, Chair, it looks like Commissioner Carpenter wanted to say something. Forgive me if I overlooked you. Well, you accidentally gonna, raised your hand. <laughs> whatever I'm doing here, uh, Jim Carpenter, Planning Commissioner. Uh, yeah, I was just going to try to get my hand up before you sent that to Jeff. But 
I think Jeff covered what my question was going to be is some of these items that are listed here should be coming up when we look at the updating the land development code, because there is a huge tedious section in the land development code about height and density standards. And I think a lot of things are going to be addressed in there and including, you know, I hope a discussion about our zoning categories and whether we go with Kyle Kirby with planning. Uh, Commissioner Carpenter, you have uh, become muted. Yeah, isn't Zoom great? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was just going to say there's there's going to be so many issues that come up as the community gets into discussing updating the land development code, including the height and density. And I hope that part of the conversation at that time will also include you know lot sizes. I mean, are we just going to do our, our current zoning categories where, you know, we designate RS7, but it can be half acre lots, which is what we have in some areas now, or are we gonna really re-examine um, what's gonna happen with greenfield development or, you know, redeveloping uh, in tier one. So I'm, I probably won't be on the commission when we finally get around to having that come back to the planning commission, but I'm sure looking forward and being part of the, the conversation as we get into that. And I hope everybody that's here that's gonna be leaving the commission by the time it gets that, you're to that discussion will participate because I think everybody that's been on the planning commission has valuable observations that can go into that. <clears throat> Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter, David Carter, Chair. Um, Jeff, did you care to respond or? Jeff Crick, Planning Development Services Director. Um, not, um, I think Commissioner Carpenter uh, capped it very succinctly there. So. Very good, okay, thank you. Um, any other questions, observations from planning commissioners? Or any motions? Commissioner Sinclair. Uh, Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. I guess more of a point of order. Do we need to make a motion on this or is this simply Jeff and staff taking our comments and running with them? Jeff Crick, Planning Development Services Director. We've definitely been uh, keeping notes on the comments there. Given the format um, of the meeting, if you'd like to just take a motion to, uh, let me get that wording for you, just a motion to, uh, recommend forwarding it on to the Board of County Commissioners and City Commission. We'd appreciate that. Thank you, uh, Jeff. David Carter, Chair, and thanks, Commissioner Sinclair. I think considering that we haven't uh, asked for any specific changes, um, that, that makes sense to me as well. Would anyone care to make a motion or does anyone have any other uh, additional uh, observations they'd, they'd care to make? Commissioner Struckoff. Planning Commissioner Eric Struckoff, I'd be happy to make a motion uh, if there's no further discussion. I believe I move that. Okay, I move that we receive and accept uh, the planning work plan and forward to the Board of County Commissioners and the Lawrence City Commissioner for their consideration. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff. David Carter, Chair. Do I have a second? 
Uh, Commissioner Ashworth, thank you. Any further discussion? Uh, Commissioner Shanklin, uh, was that a further discussion or seconding? Did you care to say something else? Just a second. Okay, very good, thank you. So do I have any further discussion? Uh, seeing none, uh, Jeff, could I ask you to read the role, please? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Uh, Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Sands? <clears throat> Commissioner Sands? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes 10 to zero. All right, thank you, Jeff. That actually concludes our agenda, oddly. Uh, there are a couple of additional items, actually three additional items um, uh, for additional consideration. And before we move on to those, um, could I just ask uh, Jeff or Becky to clarify the nature of both items F1 and F2, please? Jeff Crick, Planning Development Services Director. I item F1 and F2 are platting variances that require the Planning Commission's consideration this evening. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. So just to clarify, we should treat those as if they were part of the regular agenda. Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director. Correct. It will require a motion for the item to be kind of approved or not approved based on the, uh, based on the Commission's item this evening. Thank you very much. Um, David Carter, Chair, I, that brings us to item F1 then. Consider a variance from sidewalk requirements for a minor subdivision uh, located at 3780 Greenway Circle. Uh, and I believe Catherine is gonna present on this. Oh, I'm sorry, Catherine, I think you're muted. Sorry, I undid my video, but not my mute. Uh, good evening again, commissioners, Catherine Week, planning staff. I'm going to um, briefly go through the memo that's attached with this particular miscellaneous item. Um, this is in association with uh, minor subdivision for uh, Plasticon edition number one, located at 3780 Greenway Circle. Um, there is a variance requested with this associated minor subdivision um, to provide sidewalk on both sides of Greenway Circle. And so minor subdivisions are processed administratively. However, the Planning Commission approval is required for variances from the subdiv subdivision design standards. Um, this minor subdivision is currently under review, but we have attached it for context purposes. So uh, you have a visual of what, what the variance is um, being requested associated with this minor subdivision. No other planning commission action is required related to the proposed minor subdivision. So you're just considering the variance this evening. So the subdivision regulations state that applicants may make variance requests um, in accordance with 2813 uh, section G. Uh, this memo provides the background. The variance is to provide side sidewalk on both sides of Greenweed Circle adjacent to the property as required for collector streets for section 2811 C1I. <clears throat> the applicant is proposing to consolidate two lots um, and the cul-de-sac right-of-way 
uh, vacation into one lot to accommodate their building expansion. Currently, their production facility is approximately 90,000 square feet in size, um, and eventually they would be expanding to an additional 200,000 square feet in two phases. Um, this property is part of East Hills Business Park, uh, number three subdivision. It was platted and recorded in May of 2003. And at the time of platting and development, um, it was under the previous uh, 1966 zoning code. Um, and subdivision regulations at that time only required sidewalk on one side of the street. The site plan for the property was approved uh, later in that same year. Um, and as properties continue to develop, current regulations and requirements are applied. And because this property will now go through the platting and major site planning processes, current requirements under the code do apply. And so Greenway Circle is classified as a collector street, which requires a five foot minimum sidewalk on both sides of the street. There's approximately 1,060 square, linear square feet of sidewalk um, that is adjacent to this particular property. So when reviewing uh, subdivision variance requests, there are three criteria that we consider. Strict application of the regulations would potentially require an unnecessary hardship upon the applicants. Um, that the request is in conformance with the intent of the code and that public safety is considered. So development along Greenway Circle consists of industrial uses um, with building and parking lot setbacks based on the existing property rights of way um, configuration. As I said, this property is part of the proposed development for Plasticon. Strict, strict application of the code does not require additional dedication of right away. Um, so there are no additional acquiring uh, right away that would be necessary to install the sidewalk. The right away is already there. Again, the property was developed under a previous zoning code that did not require sidewalks on both sides of the street at the time. So in, in considering that first criteria, staff um, is, was of the opinion that this is not an unnecessary hardship upon the applicant. There are no contextual issues on the site that would prohibit installation of the sidewalk and granting the request from the required sidewalk is opposed to the intentions of the regulation. And there is a specific definition, definition for unnecessary hardship. Um, if you have questions about that definition later, you can ask me. Uh, the proposed variance being in harmony with the intent of the regulations. Staff also found that it did not meet the requirements for this second criteria. In particular, Greenway Circle, and particularly the stretch of Greenway Circle, is identified in Transportation 2040, Plan T2040, and which describes the priority network um, defined in Chapter 6 of that plan. And Greenway Circle is part of that priority network as a collector street. It's planned for not only pedestrian um, access, but bike access and transit connection points along this strip of Greenway Circle. So in analyzing um, the criteria two, staff did not feel that the, um, the variance met the criteria set forth um, for the request. And then public safety, so the, the intention of the code um, is always 
to ensure that public safety welfare is being considered. Staff found that granting new sidewalk variance um, could impact public health, safety, and welfare, and that the intent of the requirement is to provide public connectivity and amenities equal, um, equally in all development areas. And that is what the plan um, T2040 um, and um, plan 2040 um, emphasize. So staff is rec recommending denial of this particular variance request uh, for the minor subdivision associated uh, and under MS 2100116. Um, and based on the criteria and review, staff again is recommending denial. I would be happy to stand for any questions specific to the criteria or the location um, or anything else related to the minor subdivision. Thank you, Catherine. David Carter, Chair. Um, is the applicant here and would the applicant care to respond? Is that uh, Mr. Aman? Mr. Ammon, yeah, Ammon, Darren please, Ammon. Please. I am Darren Ammon with Bartlett and West, and I am representing the applicant tonight to discuss this. Uh, can I go ahead and uh, give a brief presentation, or would you like to wait? No, that's that's fine. Please go ahead. Okay, thank you. Well, thank you, uh, Chairman, Commissioners, and thanks staff, Catherine, for the for the presentation. She went through the staff report extremely well. And while the owner is not going to be represented here tonight themselves, we are working with them on the minor subdivision replat, as Catherine mentioned, and some upcoming work. And they did want to emphasize that this is very important to them, and they understand requests like this when you're asking for variances from current codes can be challenging. But uh, due to some unique things within this and some circumstances that we, we do feel that this is something that we could require a variance and would like to at least pursue this or at least discuss some alternatives, but uh, having no sidewalk would be the preference. So I guess to start off with a little bit, um, the platting process is being done, number one, because Plasticon is looking to do another expansion in the very near future. And we know growing jobs and property taxes and prosperity for the Lawrence residents and the surrounding area is very important. So that's growing their business and helping the community is priority number one. And they're going to have to go through this platting process because they are asking for some vacation of right of way, which is a little bit unique and doesn't happen a whole lot because this cul-de-sac, Greenway cul-de-sac, there has been in place for a long time, the lot that is getting combined into what will be platting. Plasticon edition number one has been vacant for decades. And in order for them to proceed with the site plan, the plat needs to go forward. So the, the context of that is, I know you're not approving the plat tonight, but the point of that is we are going through that process, which does trigger us to do sidewalk on all frontage. And the one thing that's very unique when you think about adding particular instance is the amount of sidewalk that's being asked to be added. Anytime you're in an industrial zone district, obviously you're dealing with much larger lots. Uh, if this was 100 feet, I'd say even a couple hundred feet or so, uh, I wouldn't be before you tonight asking for this, but quite honestly, we're, we're asking for over a thousand feet of sidewalk to be placed uh, in front of their property when no other surrounding businesses there's any linkage on the side of Greenway Circle to, to connect to. Uh, and we understand who knows what could happen in the future, but 
one of the things we wanted to point out, and it's noted in the in the staff report under criteria one, that the adjacent property, for instance, MR Garage Door, went through the process of site planning their property in 1966, which is 45 years ago. So putting 1,065 feet of sidewalk in front of this property when they go through the site plan now certainly could be done. Uh, but part of the concern with the owner is, and, and we know I'm going to go a little bit off script here, but say dollars cannot be taken into account. We understand when you're talking about variances. But if you take 1,065 feet times five foot in width at $6 a square foot, you're talking about a pretty good chunk of dollars to put that in. And an example being with AMR Garage Door not having done anything for 45 years, nor the adjacent property, which is another former farmland piece of property that has been vacant for decades. Uh, the chances of that sidewalk actually being built adjacent to this piece of property before they potentially would have to even redo it again because it would be deteriorated is probably fairly great uh, because there might not, the sidewalk would probably wear out in terms of the time uh, that it could be used. Uh, they have a sidewalk, Plasticon has placed a sidewalk connection from their front door uh, out to Greenway Circle, and it does cross the street and provide access to the, what I'll call the inner circle of Greenway Circle. There is a, an entire loop of sidewalk that currently exists around the inner circle of Greenway Circle. And I apologize for saying circle 50 times, but uh, the, the connection, and I understand one of the criteria with the transportation plan is to provide high quality pedestrian access. And being a landscape architect and planner, 100% agree with that. And we're doing a great job of that in Lawrence. But really the only connection that would need to be made for that to exist right now from Venture Park Drive, where it ties into Greenway Circle, would be one curb cut sidewalk ramp to get folks from Venture Park Drive across Greenway Circle to the inner sidewalk, and you could walk on a sidewalk all the way out to Norrie Road today. Uh, don't really necessarily feel that a sidewalk on both sides of the, the street is an absolute. We clearly understand it is code with uh, the collector uh, criteria as it is with the arterial and so forth, but Again, we're asking for a little bit of latitude here because there are a lot of challenges on the project coming up where the owner is going to have to address some things. Uh, again, to be to be blunt about it, there, it does cost a lot of money to do some of these things. We don't want this to be about money, but maybe there is another option of denial would be a preference, but if there's something, a note could be put on the site plan, if the other properties adjacent to this develop, they wouldn't be opposed to putting their sidewalk in to then form connections that actually don't lead to nowhere. So that's one of the uh, one of the items I wanted to talk about. So really, I don't think I have a whole lot more than that. And I'd be glad to answer any questions if I talked in circles, no pun intended, to try to uh, clarify some of the points we had. But we would greatly appreciate your uh, consideration of this, appreciate staff's help. And uh, again, I'd be glad to answer any questions. Thank you, Mr. Amon. Uh, really appreciate your, your observations. Um, David Carter, Chair. Uh, are there any members of the public who would like to speak up? I don't think we have many left, but uh, if so, please uh, raise your Google hand or turn on your camera and actually raise your physical hand. And I will ask um, Kyle if there's anyone in the commission chamber to, um, to uh, speak. Kyle Covey with me. There's nobody in the room with us to speak on this item. 
And so far, I don't see any digital hands going up. Thank you, Kyle. David Carter, Chair. Um, I'll turn it over to the Commission then, please, for, um, for questions or comments uh, to Catherine or to uh, Mr. Amen. Uh, so Commissioner Ashworth. Commissioner Ashworth, um, I was wondering if um, city staff could address the question that Mr. Eamon had um, or the proposal that Mr. Eamon had about requiring, if I understood this correctly, requiring Plasticon to put a sidewalk in when the other parcels in that section, in that around Greenway Circle, develop and then would be also be required to put a sidewalk in what is the what is the sort of legality of that is that possible yes and Catherine we planning staff and i apologize if i misheard your question because i'm having horrible connections so if i misanswered let, let me know and i'll clarify but what i think i heard was um why are we requiring basically why this property would be required to have a thousand feet of sidewalk and adjacent properties do not or did not or would they as they develop would they be required and no go ahead um actually i was um this commissioner ashworth um mr amon brought up um the idea that that their property that's in front of us tonight would be required to put a sidewalk in only when the other properties develop and i'm just asking sort of a technical question is that even something that could be done is put on put that condition on the current question before us tonight well and jeff might be able to add to this but i mean we do have agreements not to protest when future development is coming if there's not an intended infrastructure project now this is a different situation in that we have language in the code that requires current development for platting or major site planning processes to come up to current code standards so that is the trigger currently and the process under platting is to ask for variance under the subdivision regulations as a pc variance to basically would that would be their route if there's a way to alleviate from that code section that would be the PC variance. Um, I don't know that there's really language in the code that would provide us means to put a condition on a site plan or I guess it would have to be on the site plan, not the plat, but to require them to put their sidewalk in at the time of neighboring properties I mean, we don't know what that time frame would be. There's a lot of ifs, hypotheticals, and Jeff can maybe clarify, but I'm not sure that the language is in the code to put that kind of condition on a site plan. And Jeff, feel free to speak up if I've misspoken in that regard. Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services Director. Catherine is right in that regard, and that you can't typically cross a subdivision regulation with a zoning ask in that sense, which is why you have those kind of straight lines in there. The key to remember with the variance in the subdivision regulations is that it's a permission to depart from the design standards or improvement standards when the specific standard is so unreasonable that it would prevent the logical subdivision of the property. So the, the standard for the variance is, is that it would inhibit the subdivision from occurring as being the key in there. But it, it, you can't really 
link the subdivision request and ask to the zoning item because they're, they're two separate items that would have to proceed in two different channels. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Any any follow-up question on that particular item, Commissioner Ashworth? No, thank you. Okay, uh, I just wanted to um, lay that out since that was a, 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 re a request or an idea laid out by the petitioner. Okay, thank you. Uh, David Carter, Chair, I actually have a uh, a bit of a histor historical question uh, for Jeff or for staff about, uh, or for Catherine, forgive me, just for staff. Um, so the change in the code over time, you know, we, it, it, it was not unusual, you know, say in the sixties or the seventies, eighties for just to require sidewalk on one side. Can you talk a little bit about the rationale behind the change in code? Why, um, we now require, um, sidewalks on both sides. What's the, what's the motivation behind that? What are we expecting, uh, to happen as a result of that? Well, Jeff can add to this, but I mean, I believe a lot of that language is in plan uh, T2040, where the community has deemed it a priority that we are providing those amenities and connections for pedestrians, bike and transit, and a way to infill those connection points and that interconnectivity um, is to have the triggers in the code where major development is happening, those areas that when it wasn't necessarily as high a priority for the community and they only provided sidewalk on one side or certain sections or different types of development projects, that this is the trigger for infilling and providing that level of connectivity that is been deemed a priority for the community, which is what Plan 2040 and Plan T2040 address. Um, that That's basically where that's coming from and how that changes over time as obviously as codes develop over time community priorities have changed over time and that's where those you know those goals and things that you just talked about in the work plan that you know have been priorities discussed become um, codified in plans and zoning codes and that's that's where this has come from so Thank you, Catherine. That's really helpful. David Carter, Chair. Jeff, is there anything you wanted to uh, say to amend that? Uh, Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services Director. Catherine did a great job. I think the only thing that I'd mention is, is when we usually talk about our streets and the hierarchy, we always try to put an emphasis and focus on multimodal connectivity on our, our larger thoroughfares, so our collectors and arterials. And uh, my understanding is that code section was brought in to kind of help achieve that, that multimodal transportation network. Um, We'll have to admit though that was a little bit before my time of when that was put into code. But um, from my understanding, it was it was mainly to kind of look at that and make sure that we had a holistic multimodal transportation network uh, as we were going and, and growing. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Uh, Commissioner Willie. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. Um, Every time we have an industrial property, I have to say how much I like industrial properties and. Uh, um, organizations that provide jobs. And I feel a real heart for that because I think it's hard for a community to, to keep that inventory and to keep supporting businesses and jobs. And so I wanna be someone who brings that up. Um, I've, I've always been a fan of the sidewalk on two sides of the street, uh, but we've always been talking about either residential um, where you, want, you don't want 
you know, kids on bikes crossing streets if they don't have to, to get to the sidewalk or commercial getting in and out of shops and that kind of connectivity. But, you know, as a, as a, as a not very frequent cyclist, but a walker, I, I see that this in an industrial zoned area with really large lots, um, and being able to walk or bike to work, it looks like the connectivity that's there will really serve very adequately well uh, to get people in and out of those places of business. I'm, I'm, I know that's not the same thing as saying an unnecessary hardship, which is what our variance is based on, but I'm looking at that and saying that it may not be a thoroughly necessary thing even for us even for a community that, that values that connectivity, it, it feels like what what you know what's with some pretty small changes would make that very adequate. So I throw that out. I just want to hear what other commissioners have to say. Uh, David, thank you, Commissioner Willie. David Carter, Chair. I think Commissioner Sands and then Commissioner Shanklin. Rob Sands, Planning Commissioner. A uh, quick question for staff: uh, Who built out uh, the Venture Park Drive? Was that a city or was that a, a joint effort? Uh, I probably have to have Jeff answer that question. I'm assuming it was the city, but I don't know for sure if there was any private uh, funding in there. Uh, Thank you, uh, Catherine. Uh, David Carter, Chair, it looks like uh, Mr. Amon might have an answer to that question. Aaron Ammon, Bartlett and West. I guess I can chime in a little bit because I was involved with the master planning and the infrastructure development of Venture Park. And Venture Park Drive and the sidewalks and so forth were all paid for um, uh, the city of Lawrence, the infrastructure funds when the road was designed. So that wasn't done by private development. Those, those lots along Ven uh, Venture Park were put in place during that road design and so forth. So yes. Thank you, Mr. Amon. Uh, Commissioner Sands? Yeah, thank you, Rob Sands, Planning Commissioner. Um, being that that's the only one, that's the only road in this area that's uh, that's got sidewalks on both sides. And I, I think it's, it's uh, interesting that uh, it does have sidewalks on both sides and it serves really only one property to the west side of the, of the, of the whole uh, IG zone, um, so that the 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 additional pedestrian connectivity only serves one building, whereas um, the uh, the built out area doesn't doesn't have you know doesn't have that same issue. But if I'm inclined to agree with Commissioner Willie, if I were to try attempt to run out here or bike out here, um, whether I was going for work or just simply because uh, the traffic in general in this area uh, outside of whatever the shift changes is pretty low. Uh, I've, I've been out here during business hours a couple times. Um, I don't think adding several hundred feet of of sidewalk adds to the public safety or the public health. I think uh, having the interior ring uh, of sidewalks is is already reasonable. Um, just I'm, and I'm eyeballing some things here. Plasticon has one of the smallest parking lots um, of of the entire of all the tenants in, uh, of this property. So. 
um, they're they're keeping their paved area footprint relatively low and and I know that doesn't have anything directly to do with the issue at hand but but when I see that I I make consideration for that thank you thank you Commissioner Sands uh, Commissioner uh... Carter Chair, Commissioner, oh, uh, forgive me, just I'm going to uh, ask for one moment. Uh, uh, Catherine, um, it looks like you have something to say in response to Commissioner Sands' observation. Yeah, I was just going to point out, um, there, there is a diagram in the staff memo that kind of shows that um, north portion of Greenway Circle and the connection. And some of the language in T2040 talks about, you know, some of these are priority networks for future development, not just what's currently there. And so that that Noria Road connection there, Greenway Circle, that is the connection point to the east. So that that is the primary connection point for any future development, transit, pedestrian, bikeway. I mean, there are also there are already bikes, you know, that use that um, Noria Road connection heading towards to Eudora. So just keep that in mind when you're, you know, having your discussion points that it's not just about what is currently on the development or what is currently located in the subdivision. Um, these are priority networks that are intended for future development as well and future connectivity. So just keep that in mind when you're having your discussion points. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, David Carter, Chair. Uh, Commissioner Shanklin. Greg Shanklin, Commissioner. Um, I'd like to join Commissioners Willie and Sands here. Um, this, this case reminds me a lot of 2300 Lakeview from last November, where we agreed to defer the sidewalk requirement subject to an agreement in the future regarding a benefit district. Um, is that a possible solution here um, where uh, either um, this property owner could join with others in the maintenance of existing sidewalks or the, the development of new sidewalks as and when they're needed. Yeah, staff, Catherine Week staff, or planning staff, I might have Jeff chime in a little bit on this, but and it's similar to the question that um, Sharon Ashworth answered or asked where Yes, there is an agreement not to protest um, that that is something that is in the code. I'm not sure it's applicable here. They've gone for the PC variance as part of the planning um, process to get the variance from having to provide a sidewalk, not an agreement not to protest. But Jeff can weigh in on if there's that course of action. I'm not sure I'm explaining it properly, but. Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director. Um, let me, I was just going to double check something in the code section real quick. Um, Jeff, would you, do, should we give you a little bit of time to look that up while I uh, take another question, or do you? Uh... Um, 
Jeff Crick playing development services director. That'd be that would be fine. That'd give me enough time to fight the computer and make sure it's giving me the the right page. I'd appreciate, appreciate that. Very good. Thanks, David Carter, Chair. I, I saw I see um, uh, Commissioner Payton, uh, Commissioner Payton's hand. I think I also saw Commissioner uh, Ashworth uh, raise her hand earlier. Commissioner Ashworth, do you still have a question? Uh, just a short one, but please allow uh, Commissioner Payton to go ahead. Very good. Please, Commissioner Payton. Yeah, Commissioner Payton. Um, Catherine just mentioned this is on a priority network. And as someone who serves on Transportation Commission, but us more than that, has served on um, the Bicycle and Pedestrian Task Force, one thing that came up constantly is um, sidewalk gaps. And I'm, I'm always kind of conflicted about this because I feel like I completely understand why this variance was requested. But when I think about how what we keep talking about, how we keep sort of envisioning our future to look and what we see in T2040 and Plan 2040, uh, I, I feel like it sort of sets a precedent to say, no, we want to continue with our current um, land use types of plans and to allow there to be only a sidewalk on one side of the street when what we're, we're facing in, in areas that are sort of closer in is there's only a sidewalk on one side of the street because we either allowed a variance or because we, because the code was different. Um, so I am conflicted, but I also feel like maybe it's important for consistency uh, and because it's on a priority network uh, there's something else I wanted to say here, but now I'm losing track of what it was. Um, maybe I'll just have you come back to me. Sure, that's fine. Uh, please, uh, David Carter Chair, please feel free to interrupt me uh, or, uh, or, or after the next question or comment. Um, so uh, did Commissioner Payton, I should just ask, did you wish for staff response to that? Uh, well, so the other thing I was gonna say is, um, Commissioner Sands had, had mentioned that it has a very small parking lot. And I know one of the things that came up um, when, when there were discussions about redoing 19th Street, which is remaining narrower than maybe people wanted. And I feel like that, I feel like um, Planning Commission is, is maybe not, I feel like we, we saw some stuff on 19th Street, but uh, the whole uh, issue with the size of, size of the street and what the street was going to be is kind of an important conversation to this um, that we, we you know, I'm aware of, but we're not really, uh, haven't really talked about on um, planning commission. And so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, Commissioner Sands brought up that it has a smaller uh, parking lot. And ideally, I think the way we want to see things happen according to T2040 and Plan 2040 is that that parking lot can remain small and there will be options for people to do something other than just drive there. Um, I mean, not that that's how it pans out, but I think that's what we're striving for. And so ideally, it's on the priority network. It would have really good connections and wouldn't have things that might be uh, riskier. I mean, I know this isn't an issue right now or concern perhaps, but where you have that 
skipping across sides of the street because of what's, excuse me, <laughs> um, what's out there, you know, people having to switch side of the sides of the street on a bike or um, on foot where, you know, a car doesn't have to do that. They each have their own side, so. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Payton. Uh, David Carter, Chair, just to uh, come back to whether you want any staff response to that or just making the observation. Well, I think that's, I no, I don't expect a response to that. I just think it's important to consider that there have been all kinds of discussions on Transportation Commission about 19th Street and about that area and about the future development. And I understand the conflict there is saying, is it really necessary to have sidewalks on both sides of the street? But I also think it's important to be consistent and to consider that it's on a priority network. So I just wanted to point that out. Thank you very much. David Carter, Chair. Uh, Commissioner Ashworth. Commissioner Ashworth, just um, uh, I echo the sentiments of Commissioner Payton, um, and I'm inclined to actually support denial of this variance request because eventually those other properties on uh, the on the outside of Greenway Circle will eventually also be required to put sidewalks in. And given that this is a priority network, that's what I'm I'm inclined to support denial for this variance request. Thank you, Commissioner Ashworth. Uh, David Carter, Chair. Wow. Um, Commissioner Willie. I have a quick question for either Catherine or Jeff. Are our only options here yes or no? Or do we have it? Because we keep talking about what, what other options can we come up with, but is that really all we have? Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director. Um, Commissioner Willie, that was a great setup because I was going to kind of add to the conversation if I got the answer there. Looking under the subdivision regulations, the power of the Planning Commission is either to grant or deny the requested item for it. Um, my read of the code is that you could not approve it with conditions. It would just be your ability to grant the variance or to deny the variance based on the code language that we have at the moment. Um, so I don't, I don't see that as, you know, it's more of a binary item at this point, I think. Thank you, uh, Jeff. Um, uh, David Carter, Chair. Mr. Amon has raised his hand, but I'm going to ask uh, Commissioner Struckoff uh, to speak first. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, Planning Commissioner Eric Struckoff. I, I want a, a clarification of the sidewalk length uh, that is being required under the current development code. <clears throat> when I look at that stretch on the northwest outer curve from the existing piece of sidewalk, that serves the bus stop in front of Plasticon's uh, front door to the southernmost point of the of what is I think called lot seven, block C. That is the, the southernmost point along Greenway Circle of the new uh, of the new the added portion of this proposal. I'm getting six hundred feet. Um, I, I, I'm not sure with the one thousand. Um, unless, unless it's that the, it has to be extended to the east beyond the bus stop as well. That must be it. Right. Yes, yes. Catherine, the planning staff, okay. because they're going through the plotting process and the major site plan, they would be gotcha. able to bring the entire site, lines, which would be the entire frontage um, of, of the circle there that abuts their property. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, uh, planning Commissioner Eric Strahoff again. Um, I am... I, I'm torn on this because uh, from a practical matter, I agree with uh, Commissioner Willie's comments. Um, 
However, this is how we get to situations where we don't have sidewalks on both sides of the street later. And then we say, well, there's not a sidewalk there, so we're not going to add one now. Or we're going to request a variance because there's not a sidewalk. There's not a sidewalk because we requested a variance previously. And so we go down that road. Uh, we also do that with right-of-way variances. Um, and uh, I've commented on this before that that's how you end up with a road that's too narrow. Sometimes we can't foresee that. Sometimes we can't avoid it. And sometimes it's a practical matter to grant the variance because every other building on the street is that close to the road. Um, I'm less inclined to feel that way about sidewalks in general, but in this case, um, um, I'm a little more conflicted um, simply because of the practicality of the matter um, versus the fact that it's a priority network and when those lots are developed, we're gonna want those sidewalks to be there in the past. So I'm, I'm still on the fence on this one. Uh, Thank you, Commissioner Strokoff. David Carter, Chair. Uh, Commissioner Carpenter. Jim Carpenter, Planning Commissioner. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Strokoff. I mean, that, that is pretty much the point. If we grant the variance not to build a sidewalk, it runs with the land. So if anything triggers ad adjacent properties to come in compliance with current codes, which would require sidewalks, we're never gonna get a sidewalk on this side of the street if we approve this variance tonight, unless they do something that triggers, you know, redoing it under the code. And I, I think I have a lot of conflict about sidewalks. You know, I was, I was, I remember very well how we got to two sidewalks on two sides of the street. That was a very large community effort. It was a neighborhood initiative. It was, it was a, it was a rough, road to go to get that into the code and sometimes it doesn't make much sense <laughs> that yet you're going to have it but that's what the code is and i would just remind everyone that we're sitting as a quasi-judicial body right now we've got a code that's been adopted by the this the commission this is essentially the law that's in place and we have facts in front of us and we have very specific requirements for findings to make in order to grant a variance. And, you know, whether this is cost effective or it makes sense to have a sidewalk here, those aren't part of what our charge is right now. Our charge is simply, do they meet these three exceptions so that they can be different from what's required for the rest of the community? And I don't think that's been met here. And as Jeff pointed out, our only decisions are yes or no tonight because the request is simply for a variance. It's not a request to defer the sidewalk building like we got somewhere else. It's not a request for any other thing. It's I want a variance forever and ever and ever to build a sidewalk. And as Commissioner Payton and Commissioner Struckhoff and Commissioner Ashworth have pointed out, we don't know what's going to happen to these other plans. And we have other committees, Transportation 2040 also, that, that says that we want to have multimodal transportation available on all these, in all these areas. It's in um, Venture Park, just the fact that, you know, East Hills existed long before, so it didn't come in under the current codes. That's not part of our consideration tonight. So I, I just want to 
kind of stress the fact that we have a very narrow set of facts we have to look at and apply the code and does do these particular circumstances demand an exception to our rules and that's all we have tonight unfortunately even if we don't like having to put sidewalks everywhere <clears throat> thank you commissioner carpenter um i i'm energized by the number of comments we've heard from commissioners tonight because i've been wanting to speak up but i keep deferring to others and um, I, I really appreciate your making this such a cut and dried issue, and I'm grateful to Catherine for her, her presentation and the, and the presentation of the priority network and what is in the plan and what is in the code. Um, you know, this is a district that is is growing and changing. We expect there to be more lots developed, uh, and and I would agree with the points um, that um, Commissioner Carpenter, uh, I mean, that, that several commissioners have made about the. Um, Given the choices we have tonight, what we are creating, what we're what we're being asked to participate in, are creating the preconditions for either continued lack of sidewalks uh, in this in this area or um, the completion of this priority network. And one thing I'd also want to call attention to is that all of the connections to the you know to to the outside to points outside of this district would require you to cross the street to access this sidewalk or the existing sidewalk. There is no point. You've got sidewalks coming in, for example, from Venture Park Drive, but they stop. And uh, the, the sidewalk that exists literally goes in a circle and there is no connection. There is no participation in this so-called you know, network. Uh, so under the circumstances, I would like to see this sidewalk constructed in conformance with the code to begin completing that network. Um, so I'm inclined to deny this request with all respect to the good, uh, to the, uh, to the points made by the applicant. Um, Commissioner Sinclair, I think you, you, uh, had, a, uh, you had raised your hand before I spoke up. So please, I'm going to ask you to. Sure. Thank you. Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. I raised my hand because I wanted to piggyback on what Commissioner Carpenter um, said in terms of redirecting focus to sort of the three criteria that we're supposed to consider and also point out that um, in order to grant a variance, all three of those, every, each of the three has to be present, has to be satisfied. It's not, it's, they're not like, you know, factors that you balance and consider under the golden case and you can emphasize one over another or whatever. All three of these have to be satisfied. And I've always, whenever we get these variance requests, I'm always struck by how high a burden it seems to be for um, the individuals that are requesting variances. And that puts us in a, in a, I think it puts us in a, in a position of having to deny them more often than not. Um, and that is, I think the right results, the way this is drafted, the way the code is currently drafted. And I guess ultimately, you know, sort of speaking from, you know, uh, experience in my profession, you know, if the rule, if, if the results aren't what people want, you got to go and change, um, change the code. You have to go talk to the legislature and lobby. And um, for something like this, you know, if there's going to be, uh, if there are going to be more discussions about sidewalks and the necessity of them, 
and wanting to get variances, then I think there needs to be discussion about loosening these requirements for variances, um, particularly the unnecessary hardship one, which is really hard to meet, I think. Um, and in this particular case, the undue hardship is, as I understand it, purely financial. And that's specifically, the code says it, that's not enough to meet that one uh, criteria. And so I agree with the other comments that have been made. I, you know, if every variance we get is going to, um, to, to some degree, um, some more than others, uh, have a logic to it and, and seem like it's a good one to do. Um, I think there's reasons for this one to be granted. Uh, but those reasons, unfortunately, don't um, fall in line with the criteria, I think, that we have to consider. Um, I, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think the unnecessary hardship criteria has been met. Um, the second one, I don't think has been met, the intended purpose of the regulations. I think the third one, maybe, you know, maybe we don't need a second sidewalk there to protect the health, safety, and welfare of, um, of uh, the community or the public. But that's one that I feel like is iffy. You know, the other two, I think, are pretty clearly not satisfied. And I, I don't see how we can grant this um, under these facts and with the standard that we are required to um, maintain on this and abide by. So I'm, I'm at this point also inclined to um, deny this one. Thank you, Commissioner Sinclair. Uh, David Carter, Chair. Commissioner Willie, please. So, boy, I just, just hate it when you are, are attorney-trained uh, commissioners bring us back to what we're actually here for and means that we have to hang up our common sense on things that we feel like could be discussed, should be discussed, that we should maybe feel like we have the power to uh, uh, control or suggest. And, and we don't. And I, I agree because I have to, because that's that's what really what we hear, what we are here for is uh, to look at the variance and it has that high bar. Um, so I have a question for staff because I'm still looking for the third way, right? Um, if we deny the variance, is there any other process through which uh, the applicant can come and ask instead for that uh, within the preliminary plat or something like that for the deferral of building the sidewalk when there's connectivity required. I know we don't have the opportunity to do that now. Is there an opportunity for that? I'd have to check the code real quick unless Jeff has it open, but even in the major site planning uh, requirements, the sidewalk would be required as the public improvement plan or public improvements associated with that uh, major site plan where it, the code language is that it must come into compliance with all current codes. And so even at the site planning level, they would still be required to put the sidewalk in. Um, whether or not the deferral could happen at that point, um, I'd have to check that section unless Jeff still has chapter eight open. They would still be required at the site planning level to put that sidewalk in. Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services. Catherine is right in that instance there. The, the option of that is to appeal the decision of the Planning Commission, which in this instance would be appealed to the City Commission, if I'm reading my code book correctly for that item. But it would be an appeal of the decision of the item, not necessarily the sidewalk at, at the hand on that one, but it could, could fold out in that item. But the appeal process would continue upwards to City Commission. Um, 
thank you uh, both. Uh, David Carter, Chair, Commissioner Willie, please. Just one follow-up comment. We talk about sidewalks a lot and we talk about them for uh, bike ped and connectivity and all those things. The thing we don't talk about, which is always in my mind when we talk about concrete, and when we get to our climate change plan, we will definitely be talking about concrete <clears throat> and the amount of carbon that required, is required to make it. And so we, we, we put in sidewalks because we have a, a great desire for, the, for what they give us, but there is a cost and not just to who pays the price. It's not just whether it's the city or the applicant. Um, there's, there's a huge climate change cost that comes with uh, concrete. And, and so that's just, a, it's not today's discussion, but I just want everybody to keep that in mind that um, it's not just that there's benefit on one part of the equation, not the other. And uh, finally, I would like to um, call on and ask if Mr. Eamon has any comments or questions. I do. Thank you. Uh, I knew when uh, the owner had asked me to take on this task of asking for a variance from the sidewalk that this was going to be a in-depth discussion and it's been great comments and great points on both sides. I think, uh, and maybe this is a question for Jeff and Catherine too, because you can kind of tell it's a little bit of a catch-22 for them. So we're asking for the variance. If we get denied, we're stuck. Uh, even though it says in the site plan code, we know that's a code we have to follow because it is a code within the land development. Uh, but can we then ask for the formation of, a, not to post the formation of a benefit district as an option at that point, or since if we get the you know, variance denied, and again, we're going through this because we have to replat because we are replatting, getting rid of the right of way. So it, again, it's a little bit of a catch 22. We have to do the replat if they want to expand their building and then we're stuck putting in the sidewalk. But if we get denied with the sidewalk, is there any avenue out of it? Or are we just purely, I mean, I heard appeal to the city commission, but is there another avenue? Again, the, the owner is on board with wanting to do you know, the right thing, health, safety, welfare, and all of that is important to them along with jobs and their business. But trying to find a way if we can, you know, they just struggle when there's a thousand plus feet of sidewalk to nowhere that may sit there for 40 years and never connect anything. When you're looking at, you talk about East Hills Business Park and the lots that are out there, you look at the perimeter, Yes, there's a lot of businesses out there now, but there's a lot of lots out there that have not developed in a long time and that there may not be a connection for another long time uh, in my lifetime. Who knows? Uh, there may be, maybe next week we'll get a business coming in. Hey, I hope so. And let's put the sidewalk in. But so appreciate all the comments. I just want to say that. And the owner would like to see if there is an avenue to avoid. Yes, there is a substantial cost to that, that they'd like to put into the business rather than lay on the ground and maybe never have used uh, and see if we could deal with that. But thank you. Um, uh, thank you, Mr. Amon. Really appreciate your, your comments and your, 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 uh, your observations. Uh, Catherine, please. Yeah, I was just going to um, add to Commissioner Willie's question. Um, and looking in the code section for compliance with the city codes under the site planning regulations. So if, if it is not something that the planning director is able to waive, their route is actually the board of zoning appeals. Um, and so they would have to take, they would have, have to go through the, in the site planning process, 
a board of zoning appeals process to then re-ask for the variance. Um, this particular variance is part of the subdivision regulation. So what you are considering is a, is a variance from subdivision regulations. That code section under the site planning process is a variance from dimensional standards and um, other city codes. So again, it's a variance process to go through the site planning uh, request after that. Thank you, Catherine. David Carter, Chair, Commissioner Carpenter. Jim Carpenter, uh, Planning Commission. I just point out that at the Board of Zoning Appeals, there are five conditions that have to be met for a variance as opposed to three that we have here. So <laughs> it's supposed to be even harder there, but that all depends on the composition of the, of the board, of course. <clears throat> Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter, David Carter, Chair. Um, we've heard a lot of um, really um, astute observations. Um, I think under the circumstances, we've got some uh, three very straightforward preconditions that need to be met. Um, the, well, my, my, my interpretation of the situation is unchanged. Um, I'm wondering if uh, commissioners have further um, uh, questions or observations they'd like to raise. Um, but um, I, I, from my point of view, I think we're at a fairly straightforward uh, point in making a decision. Other commissioners? Commissioner Ashworth. If we're at Commissioner Ashworth, if we're at a point, I can make a motion. Please do. Uh, I move that the Planning Commission denied the variance requested for a minor subdivision MS 2100116 from sidewalks as required for Section 2811C1I for a collector street in accordance with the provisions per Section 2813G of the Land Development Code for property located at 3870 Greenway Circle. Thank you, Commissioner Ashworth. We have a motion. Do we have a second? Commissioner Carpenter, thank you. Do we have further discussion before we go to a vote? Really? Um, uh, oh, sorry, Commissioner Sands, please. I didn't see it on there. Rob Sands, Planning Commissioner. Um, uh, I'll be voting against the, the denial. Um, <clears throat> so I wanted to explain further my reasons for that. Uh, we some of the things that were brought up um, specifically the connection with 19th Street. Uh, there are gaps across 19th Street uh, for sidewalks on one side of the road, let alone for two sides of the road. And then um, the word consistency comes up. I think the only thing the only thing that we have consistent with uh, sidewalks uh, in our city is its inconsistency. There's neighborhoods that are not more than a quarter of a mile away they don't have sidewalks on either side of the road um, and then there's there's neighborhoods um, on the west side that have sidewalks all over the place we 
we're not consistent. Uh, that is, in my mind, the spirit of what a variance is for, is to reasonably look at the conditions outside of the code. But I'm not a lawyer, so um, I'm, I'm going to vote against it because it. I, I just I don't see the need. And I'm not sure that uh, the argument to uh, have a sidewalk that connects all the way to the city of Eudora just it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Sands. Other observations or points of discussion? All right, Jeff, could I ask you to read the roll, please? Certainly. Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services. Uh, Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Sands? No. Commissioner Shanklin? No. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes eight to two. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. And thank you, Mr. Amon, for um, your uh, um, conversation with us this evening. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Have a good evening. You too. That takes us to item F2. And before we continue, um, we have been in session for nearly two and a half hours. We do have two items left. Uh, that may just, we may knock them out in, in 20 minutes, uh, but I would entertain uh, any desire for a brief recess before continuing. And I just want to gauge the commission. Do you want to just muscle on through or would you care to take a brief recess? Uh, I think Commissioner Willie, I see, uh, uh, would you, you care to? I suggest a recess. Okay, I, I would suggest a five-minute recess. Uh, let us uh, come back at nine sharp. Thank you. All right, well, folks, trickle back in. I will go, go ahead and introduce item F2. Uh, consider approving a variance. Um, of uh, 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 subdivision regulations for minor subdivision at 1516 West 6th Street. And uh, I believe Sandy, you're presenting on this. Good evening, Commissioners. Sandy Day, Planning Office. So this item is related to a variance that you have considered before, and it relates to overall right-of-way width for our principal arterial streets. This is also related to the McCray Lumber property. We considered a rezoning and an amendment to the comprehensive plan to allow for the expansion of that business to the north. The project includes replatting um, multiple, res um, I'm sorry, multiple parcels, platted lots into a single platted lot. And through that subdivision process, just like the last item, it is subject to the design standards of the subdivision regulation. Principal arterial streets require 150 feet of total right-of-way. West 6th Street in this area has only 100 feet of total right-of-way width. The applicant um, to meet the code standard would be required to dedicate an additional 25 feet. In so doing, um, that would basically 
end up expanding that right of way into the existing building that is there. Um, so they would have building that is in right of way and they would have no setback um, for that building, no front yard. All of those existing improvements would then be incorporated into the public right of way. The applicant as part of the subdivision process is requesting a variance from the required right of way width for West 6th Street. Catherine went over the last item with you, the, the three criteria, the strict application of the regulations that require, creates an unnecessary hardship, that the proposed variance is in harmony with the intended purpose of the regulations and that the public health, safety and welfare are protected. During the review and this review of the minor subdivision is still ongoing, it is in process. And um, there are no plans to widen West 6th Street. We have had some similar application requests for reduce, reduction of right-of-way along West 6th Street over the past couple of years. And this is a piece of the code that was adopted in 2006 with the subdivision regulation um, it, that is really more applicable to greenfield development than it is to our urban core, as we've pointed out in the past. And that could potentially be one of those elements that we talk about streamlining in a rewrite or revision to the land development code and pieces of it that may touch the subdivision regulations. The applicant is on the call and I'm happy to answer any additional questions that you have. Staff's recommendation is to support the request for the variance for this particular project. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. David Carter, Chair. Uh, Mr. Hamby, um, uh, would you care to uh, make any additional comments? Uh, David Hamby here. I don't have any additional comments. I uh, support staff's uh, recommendation, and they've been thorough on that, and they've assisted where we needed, and I'd be happy to answer any questions you may have. Thank you very much, Mr. Hamby. We may indeed have questions. Um, David Carter, Chair, um, I don't know if we have any pub any public in uh, present to uh, uh, to solicit, but if there is anyone uh, who would like to speak out on this, uh, please raise your hand. And Kyle, I already saw you looking around. Anybody in the uh, chambers that might be speaking uh, here to speak? Kyle Kobe with planning. I, I did just double check. There is no one in the room to speak on this item, and I do not see any digital hands going up at this time either. Thank you, Kyle, David Carter, Chair turn it over to the commission uh, for questions to the uh, to um, uh, Sandy or to Mr. Hamby. Commissioner Willie. And Willie, Planning Commissioner, I would make a motion. If we have no questions, I think it would be appropriate. I move to approve the variance to allow the reduction of right of way for West 6th Street from 75 feet to 50 feet associated with minor subdivision MS 2196 from McCray Lumber. Thank you, Commissioner Willie. We have a motion. Do we have a second? Commissioner Struckoff, uh, thank you. Um, any further discussion before we go to a vote? All right, with that, uh, Jeff, could I ask you to read the roll, please? Certainly. Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Sands? Yes. 
Commissioner Shanklin. I think you're muted, Commissioner Shanklin. Was that a yes? Commissioner Shanklin, you're showing as being unmuted on my screen now, but I'm, I can't hear anything. I guess a point of order, uh, David Carter Chair, forgive me for interrupting the vote. Um, what is appropriate under the circumstances? Is it appropriate to continue with other commissioners and come back to Commissioner Shanklin? Uh, Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services Director. I believe we're trying to get a, a line admitted to the room real quick. I think that might solve the issue. So uh, oh, very bear, bear with us one moment. Thank you. Commissioner Shanklin, can is the is the connection back and going? I have audio. Oh yes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, the, the motion on the table, Commissioner Shanklin, are, are you for or against the motion? Oh, I'm sorry. You, so you didn't get my vote. I, I'm sorry. I, I voted in favor. Oh, okay. yep. So have that down as a yes. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Strukoff? Yes. And Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes 10 to 0. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair. Um, and uh, that brings us to the final item on our agenda, item uh, F3. Uh, consider a letter prepared by the Planning Commission Chair and Vice Chair related to the Board's membership composition and appointments. And I believe, uh, uh, Jeff, you were going to, you were going to uh, make the initial presentation. Oops, certainly. Of Craig Planning and Development Services. Uh, this is a continuation from... Um, excuse me, your meeting kind of in February and also a continuation from October. And so attached to the item this evening is a revised draft of the letter for your uh, discussion and consideration. And um, happy to turn over to the chair and vice chair to kind of guide that discussion. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, chair. Um, so so the, the, the basic idea behind this, just to recap where we stood, we had a very lengthy discussion about issues of diversity and representation and what we were really trying, uh, what we were really after uh, with, um, I believe it was originally um, uh, uh, Commissioner Carpenter's suggestion to consider um, uh, the, the possibility of setting aside some uh, portion of uh, seats on this commission 
for people living outside of the incorporated uh, part of uh, Lawrence and um, or incorporated part of the county. And uh, Commissioner uh, uh, Sinclair and I spent uh, uh, quite a bit of time afterwards discussing what we thought were the appropriate next steps. And what we decided on was frankly to address that issue. Issues of you know, diversity and representation, the, the, the uh, perspectives uh, that, that enrich debate on this commission uh, based on the multiple and intersectional ways in which people uh, bring you know, new insights into what we do was not really the business of this letter. The business of this letter was to, as I think Commissioner um, uh, Carpenter put in our last discussion, to provoke a discussion within the County Commission of um, how to deal with um, the, the particular insights that, that um, uh, residents outside the city bring to issues of land use policy or execution of land use policy in unincorporated areas. And that was the main idea behind the edits. I would say that if this, um, if, if the original uh, letters were a sandwich, we essentially kept the bread the same and changed the filling. Um, the opening and closing of the letter uh, are, are fundamentally the same as I believe both drafts, um, but we tried to address more specifically and more directly why uh, we were talking about the issue of rural representation specifically. So with that, what I'd just like to say that I, I would, I would, I mean, if, if the commission is happy enough with uh, the, the current draft to say, yes, let's pass it on to the county commission, that's great. Uh, if uh, members of the commission want to wordsmith and, may, and change specific phrases, I think Commissioner Sinclair and I are fine with that as well but we did want to at least make clear why we had made these specific edits that we did. So with that, I will turn it over to commissioners. Oh, forgive me, I should ask Commissioner Sinclair, did you want to make any additional comments? Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner. No, uh, Mr. Chair, I don't have anything to add to that. I think you covered it well. Okay, thank you, David Carter Chair. With that, I'll turn it over to members of the com commission for their specific observations or, or recommend, uh, recommendations for amendments. Perhaps I'll start with Commissioner Carpenter. Um, do you have any um, observations you'd like to make about this letter and how it meets your objectives? I prefer not to start with me since okay. I first brought this up in September of last year and it's been seven months. So, and I've had my say, I think three times, four times now. Okay. So let's hear what others have to say. Fair enough. So uh, David Carter Chair, Commissioner Sands. I'll start off. Uh, thank you. Um, I honestly, I think the effort is um, well intentioned and well reasoned. Um, my only uh, concern, and I think I brought this up before, is is that uh, changing the wording to be more of a request than a specific ask to change a policy is probably not strong enough. <clears throat> I don't. I'm not concerned, uh, frankly, with this county commission. I think. Um, I, I really think they will probably try to well represent um, everybody. Um, my concern would be the next uh, county commission and the one after that who does who doesn't have the benefit of having this 
interaction or correspondence from the planning commission. I, I don't think that pressing for some level of representation from the unincorporated areas is necessarily a bad thing. I, I, I like it. And I, while I, while I hear and understand and appreciate the arguments of, well, you know, if, if we consider that as, as a, um, as a condition of membership, then, then what other factors should we um, consider as a condition of membership? I, I understand that argument, um, but I, and I think it's well worded in here as it applies to land use. Um, residents of the unincorporated areas bring experience, um, education, um, perspective that we don't always get to hear. Uh, and I, I, I think uh, with the original intent, if the original intent was to ask for specific numbers of the unincorporated areas, I, I think that uh, I would support that. But if the rest of the body believes that this is the mo most appropriate language, then, then I'm all for it. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Sands. Appreciate your feedback. Um, before we continue, I'm going to ask uh, Commissioner uh, Struckoff, but I'd just like to ask uh, uh, David Carter, Sheriff, by the way, I'd like to ask uh, um, staff, and whatever amendments get um, suggested or, or requested here, um, I assume those that get incorporated into uh, a, a final draft that Commissioner Sinclair and I will sign. I just want to double check, do, or does this come back for yet another draft that needs to be voted on by the commission? Craig, Planning and Development Services Director. That is at the discretion of the commission, honestly. Uh, if you'd like to have it come back in a final form to, to view it and sign, that's perfectly fine. Uh, otherwise, it, the commission can direct to sign as you know, based on the amendments and just to have them go through. But it's, it's purely at your discretion on that item. Thank you, Jeff. David Carter, Chair, I'd just like to say to the rest of the commission, I guess it depends on the number of changes that are suggested. Um, I, I would be very happy to sign whatever we agree on collectively this evening, uh, but um, uh, we'll see where the discussion takes us. So, uh, oh, uh, Commissioner Sands, what, what did you want to say? Yeah, just a quick, that some Rob Sands, Planning Commissioner, would it be, uh, we, we already have a draft or we've already seen a draft that asks for a specific number of appointments from the unincorporated areas. Would it be... Would it be within the, the rules of order to have one draft that asks um, for them to change their method of selection and then one that merely suggests it, have those side by side, and then we can vote on which one we prefer as a body? Uh, I guess what you're suggesting is a return to two distinct drafts, and then we choose between them. Is that correct? Yeah, I recall that we we had that discussion. I I, I mean, I like the the language of asking for them to change the manner that they select. But okay, thanks, David Carter, Chair. Um, uh, my my preference is to stick with one draft, uh, since my understanding of our last discussion was that we would. Uh, that Commissioner uh, Sinclair and I would return with a single draft, but uh, I, your, your point is taken. Um, let, let's see where the discussion takes us. Um, uh, Commissioner Struckoff, please. Uh, Planning Commissioner Eric Struckoff, I, I like this uh, draft, which synthesizes both of the previous drafts into, um, as Commissioner Carpenter put it, a 
discussion stimulating uh, proposal. I think uh, suggesting that one very clear way that this uh, our objective could be achieved is by changing the number of appointees and, and their residency requirements. Um, and also suggesting a less formal approach. Um, so I think that's satisfactory. I, uh, to me, this draft serves um, to start that discussion and to um, give a couple of suggestions from ways they can do that. The spectrum of possibilities between the two is left to the commissions. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff, David Carter, Chair. Uh, Commissioner Carpenter, you wanted to say something. Jim Carpenter, Planning Commissioner. I think the last thing I'd like to do is put this off to have to another meeting because it's going to be two months from now and two of our current commissioners are going to be gone in two months. So, and we're going to have to start over with two new people to bring them up to speed about where we are. And it'll also be past the time where the county is appointed a commissioner Struckoff's successor. Um, Commissioner Sands' successor has already been appointed last week by the city commission, but as of today's, <clears throat> tonight's agenda for the county commission, they have still saying that they have a position open to fill on the planning commission, which is Commissioner Struckoff, so they haven't filled that one yet. So I'd prefer we get something there sooner rather than later. Of course, my hope is also that the county commissioners have been watching our meetings, which I think they have. So they've heard most of our discussions so far. And this is really just a formality at this point, which is so far down the line that I don't know. I, re I really don't know why we took seven months for a letter. This version is much better than what we've had before. And I appreciate the effort you put into it. And um, if it comes down to it, there's nothing to stop one of or two of us or whatever to speak at the county commission meeting when they bring it up. So we can be there to answer questions if they have. So same with the city commission, which is going to have to look at this eventually too. <clears throat> so that's that's all I have to say. I this letter is is much better if there are little tweaks that we can that are suggested that can just go into it for uh, um, Commissioners Carter and Sinclair to assign, that's fine with me. But otherwise, we can just send this one and be available for questions at the County Commission meeting and the City Commission meeting. Thank you, Commissioner Carpenter. David Carter, Chair, Commissioner Struckoff. Planning Commissioner Eric Struckoff. Just to clarify, um, I believe that June will be my last meeting, so I will be here for two more meetings. Thank you, Commissioner. And then the county will have another person to appoint. Okay. Well, <clears throat> that's puzzling since the city commission appointed <laughs> somebody last week for Commissioner Sansi. They're, they're really ahead of the game, I suppose, because I always thought it was June. So I was surprised when it was already done. Uh, thank you both, David Carter Chair. Um, other observations, questions? You got the, I guess, I guess Commissioner uh, 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 Sinclair and I are the applicants. Uh, Commissioner Ashworth. Commissioner Ashworth, I just wanna say I have no desire to wordsmith this. I think um, Commissioner Carter and Commissioner Sinclair have done a fine job of putting our sentiments on paper. 
Um, and I think it's quite clear what the sentiment is. And um, I'm perfectly happy with this. Thank you, Commissioner Ashworth, uh, David Carter Chair. Other observations, questions? Suggestions. Uh, I would like to um, say Commissioner Shanklin uh, was a, a offered some, some written feedback. Um, do you have any further suggestions um, you know, or, or you know, uh, amendments that you'd like to make to this letter? This is Greg Shanklin, uh, Planning Commissioner. I, I would have video, so I don't know if you can see me or not, but um, yes. th thank you for recognizing me. Um, I think this is a fine letter, um, and I would, I think, concur with Commissioner Sands that um, in that second sentence of the fourth paragraph, we might simply do away with the uh, the text that reads to less formal practices that nonetheless take their urban or rural urban dynamic into account, um, and instead. Uh, as ideally this consideration would rank, would be an amendment to the ordinance. Um, but that, that's um, I, in my only, you know, um, suggestion and, and I don't think it's absolutely necessary. Thank you, Commissioner Shanklin, uh, David Carter Chair. Um, anyone uh, want to respond to Commissioner Shanklin's observation or suggestion? And one thing I'll just say is um, I, for one, will, will sign as chair whatever draft the, uh, the commission agrees to. Um, my personal perspective, as I think I, I uh, raised in you know, our last discussion is that I'm not personally in favor of, uh, of suggesting a, a, a specific number of commissioners to be appointed from outside the, uh, the city. Um, uh, but in the spirit of provoking a discussion, I think it's important to raise that as a specific remedy. That said, I'm not wedded to the, to the wording and would do away with it if that's what the majority of the commission um, suggests. I think um, I'll, since, uh, until somebody else wants to speak, um, you know what I did want to say. You know, in in the beginning of that, the previous sentence, um, we respectfully request that appointments by the chair and board, a uh, chair of the board of county commissioners, give special consideration to representation on the planning commission by residents of uh, unincorporated parts of Douglas County. So that is the specific act. Ask, excuse me. That is the specific ask. The next sentence then merely gives you know some options for how that could be. Um, realized. Uh, other, other observations, questions, suggestions. If uh, anybody wants to respond specifically to uh, Commissioner Shanklin's idea, that's that's great.
I think we've had a couple of people who, okay, Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Sinclair. Yeah, Luke Sinclair Planning Commission. I don't want to, <coughs> sorry, uh, cut short any other discussion on it, but just, uh, just to sort of jump on where the uh, Chair Carter was going in response to Commissioner Shanklin's suggestion and Commissioner Sands. I was also one of the people um, that didn't like the idea of making a specific ask and liked the idea more of, you know, suggesting this as something that we as a commission are concerned about and, and want the Board of County Commissioners to be mindful of. And so I viewed the way the letter is currently drafted as a, um, a way of accounting for both of those perspectives on the commission. And, and it wasn't just Chair Carter that didn't want to have a specific letter saying, or a letter saying we want you know you to consider changing the ordinance. Um, there were more than just he. Uh, and with that though, I guess like if, you know, if eight of the commissioners want the letter to have a specific demand like that, um, I, I agree with uh, Chair Carter, I would be okay with that. But to the extent that there is um, diversity of opinion on that issue, um, I think this letter does a good job of at least getting it in front of the commission. We can get it there quickly uh, for the reasons that Commissioner Carpenter suggested um, and just at least start the conversation instead of trying to get to a, a point where we have a letter that, every, you know, to the person, we have 10 people agreeing, you know, on, and we've convinced everyone to go one way or the other. Thank you, Commissioner uh, uh, Sinclair. Uh, uh, Commissioner Struckoff. Um, Commissioner Struckoff here. Um, I, I don't object to the language of less formal practices. Um, we are we are stimulating discussion. We, um, and we want to make we're just giving a couple of suggestions. Um, so I'm, I'm content with the letter as it's written. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff, David Carter, Chair. Um, other, other feedback? Commissioner Willie. Karen Willie, Planning Commissioner. Uh, I was and am in favor of, of making a specific request because I think that that's what guarantees that we generate a discussion on the other end. I think it's very possible to take this letter and say, that's nice and put it on the shelf and say, of course we consider all things without really coming to you know, any kind of meaningful discussion that we were hoping to prompt. So I, I think the letter is, is weak. I don't have a problem with the, the way it is written. I just, I think unless we ask for something, we don't generate discussion. So if this is what people want to sign, I think the seven months we waited for it weakens it more than the language itself does. Um, so I will um, support what my fellow commissioners would like to see from this. Um, I think we've at least expressed that we have some value in rural voices, um, but I think we could have done better. Thank you for your candid uh, observation. David Carter, Chair, other, other perspectives? Commissioner Ashworth. Commissioner Ashworth, given that there is now silence um, and no one is making further comments, is the next step, is this a motion to accept who would like to go forward with this letter? What, what is the next step? I, I would like to move on. 
Well, I think we have, uh, David Carter Chair, we have two commissioners who have made a suggestion to, I think the only specific suggestion we've gotten has been to uh, uh, strengthen the ask, to make it, uh, for example, um, I mean, I, it, it, rather than say this consideration could raise, range from, we could um, uh, remove that phrase and say something like, the most obvious remedy would be, and then an amendment to ordinance, blah, 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 requiring that a set number of commissioners reside in unincorporated area parts of the county, period. So for example, so, um, you know, that would be one way to just uh, take out the weak language and, um, and you know, put, uh, make it and provoke the discussion. And basically, if we left the, the rest of the, of the letter uh, the same, uh, then that would, that we, we're giving context, we're giving justification, um, and we're not raising, uh, I, by the way, I, uh, we, uh, Commissioner Sinclair and I did uh, remove multiple references to diversity uh, from the previous drafts, which I don't know if it, if it um, you know, irked anyone else, but I think it uh, called attention to, it, it raised other discussions that don't necessarily need to be had in connection with this particular ask. Um, because as I, as I said in our last discussion, there are lots of perspectives that we don't take into account in our general deliberations, but that's not the point of this ask. Uh, Commissioner Struckoff. Uh, Commissioner Eric Struckoff. Um, I think that revision that you just uh, described is, is, is fine. Um, whether it is followed by a suggestion that there are other opportunities um, other possibilities or not. Um, I don't, I, uh, I don't know, but uh, I think it does strengthen it and it is succinct and um, it makes the stronger ask. Thank you, Commissioner Struckoff. Um, I'll ask Commissioner Willie, what do you think of? Uh, I think it's fine what you suggested. Thank you. Um, Commissioner, um, Commissioner uh, Carpenter. Jim Carpenter, Planning Commission. I agree. That's what the original ask was. And nobody on this commission needs to be timid. We make hard decisions all the time and we can have opinions. And um, like I referenced the last time we talked about it, we're just making, still, we're just making a recommendation. This is what we think helps us. This is what we would like. What they do with it is going to be up to them and the city commission. So I'd prefer with the language you just suggested, we drop all the others and just say, here's what we're asking for. This is what we're asking for. Please discuss this. And who knows where they'll go with it. But uh, I want to make the direct ask. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, Commissioner Carpenter, David Carter Chair. I'm going to ask Commissioner Sinclair as the co-author co of this letter. Um, what do you think of that, uh, that uh, simplification? Again, to remove um, the phrase, this consideration could range from an amendment, could range from and, ref and, and replace it with um, the most obvious remedy would be, 
and then to remove uh, the sec the last uh, phrase in that sentence. Luke Sinclair, Planning Commissioner, co-author. I've never seen this letter before tonight. Oh, I'm <laughs> joking. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I get the sense more and more that maybe there's only two of us that aren't comfortable or when we started this discussion, uh, didn't like the idea of changing the ordinance and having it be a very rigid thing. Um, but, you know, in the spirit of having a, a letter that the commission sort of um, uh, by and large, uh, even if there are some detractors like I'm okay with that particular revision. I mean, I, I'm sort of of the opinion, like, you know, with Commissioner Carpenter, though, I mean, I agree specifically um, about that particular ask being necessary. We got to just get this up there so it's on the radar, even if they have been watching these and they know it's percolating. Um, and so I'm okay to do it to spark the conversation um, and go from there. Thank you, Commissioner uh, uh, Sinclair, David Carter Chair. Um, so I just want to read what I would expect to be the sentence that we would, um, that we would be changing. It would say, um, uh, so in order to ensure the continued successful functioning of the planning commission, we respectfully request that appointments by the chair of the board of county commissioners give special consideration to representation on the planning commission by residents of unincorporated parts of Douglas County, period. The most obvious remedy would be an amendment to ordinance 3951 resolution number 69-8 uh, requiring that a set number of commissioners reside in unincorporated areas of the county, period. We find that having membership from both parts of our community ensures that we can best provide guidance and recommendations to the governing bodies, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Sands for the verb, uh, for the visual uh, acclamation um, and Commissioner Struckoff. Um, I would, uh, so I'll open it up to commissioners. Any other suggestions or changes? Um, or would any, if not, um, I'd be happy to accept a motion to accept the letter so that Commissioner Sinclair and I can, uh, can sign it. Commissioner uh, Sands. I'd like to make a motion that uh, staff redraft the memorandum as outlined by uh, uh, the chairman and uh, authorize the chairman and the vice chairman to sign that letter and forward it to the Board of County Commissioners for consideration. Thank you, Commissioner Sands. Do I have a second? Commissioner Struckoff, thank you. Any further discussion? Seeing none, um, Jeff, could I ask you to read the roll, please? Certainly, Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Sands? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes 10 to zero. Thank you, Jeff, and thank you, commissioners, for your uh, for your input. It's 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 through this kind of um, uh, discussion we get to what's at least acceptable to uh, to the majority of us. Um, I would just like to clarify, uh, Jeff, um, that will then be printed on city letterhead so that we can submit it to the uh, board of county commissioners. Correct, or whatever to the department letterhead. 
Jeff Crick, depending on the listeners, yeah, we'd be happy to put it on the, the planning commission letterhead and get that uh, forwarded out for you. And we'll, we'll definitely get the, let the chair and vice chair know when we're ready for signatures on that item. Fantastic. Thank you, David Carter, chair. Um, with that, that brings us to the end of our agenda, lest there uh, be other, uh, uh, other items that uh, commissioners would like to raise at this point. Commissioner Struckoff. Uh, Commissioner Eric Struckoff, one quick one, uh, going back to the brief sidebar with uh, Commissioner Carpenter and I, the bylaws do indeed state that terms begin in June. Um, as it turns out, both the commissioner whose term I, I, who I replaced when he moved in the middle of his term and my um, first meeting were in July's, but that might have been because our seats were simply unfilled until those Julys. But I've asked, I asked Danny yesterday for clarification on that. Um, so, uh, but I was planning on being here till June, but if they make me leave, I'll go, so I'll, I'll go. Very good. Thank you for that clarification, Commissioner Struckoff. Uh, Commissioner Sands. Uh, in that same vein, um... I would add that I'm expecting to attend the May 28th meeting as if we're going to be on the May 28th and, and that my replacement, uh, Mr. Rex Rhodes, uh, term starts on the 31st of May. Uh, maybe staff can give both I and commissioner struck off a read on how they interpret that. Uh, Jeff Craig planning and development service would be happy to look into the details and get those to both of you. So we'll, we'll check on that in the morning. Thank you. Thank you. I'll just add my congratulations to Chair Carter for his early reappointment to a second term, which occurred at the city commission meeting a week ago. Thank you, Commissioner uh, Carpenter, David Carter Chair. I just want to say I am so grateful to all of the commissioners. It has been I am I am eager to begin my second term. Um, because of the education I have gotten from all of you, and I might say from the, the great example that I've gotten from uh, from previous chairs. And so it is odd that I'm reaching the end of my first term and only now starting to feel like I know what I'm doing. So, uh, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sincerely grateful to everybody for um, creating this, this, this environment that has been so rewarding. So thanks for the congratulations. Um, so, uh, if any other, any other items that, uh, folks would like to raise, uh, and, and before we, uh, before I accept a motion to adjourn. Seeing none, I would therefore accept a motion to adjourn until next month. Uh, Commissioner Sands, um, do I have a second? Commissioner Ashworth, um, Jeff, could I ask you to read the roll, please? Certainly. Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Butler? Yes. Commissioner Carpenter? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Payton? Yes. Commissioner Sands? Yes. Commissioner Shanklin? Yes. Commissioner Sinclair? Yes. Commissioner Struckoff? Yes. Commissioner Willie? Yes. Motion passes 10 to 0. All right, we're adjourned. Thanks to everyone. See you next month. Thanks, everybody. Bye.